Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. You play one. We'll try to get adjusted. I, I'm having trouble with this cape and the big belt. <laughs> Quiet on the set, people. What a crazy crowd in here tonight. And I think he's going to uh, sing again. Now you know where to go when you need a friend. Just tune that radio With all that buildup, I hope we've got something to do. <laughs> Who's on the radio? <laughs> I don't know. Well, our thanks to John Herbach, a listener who put that together for us tonight. He invited all those people to his house just so they could listen to he the did. tune. And thank you, John. And, and how he got that clean a copy of our original theme, I have no idea. From 10 plus years ago. God bless him. <laughs> So welcome to uh, Steve and Johnny Saturday Night uh, 2.0. Mm-hmm. Or uh, Johnny and Steve. D- d- yeah, the both of us. Him and her, her and him. We're live. This is not Memorex. We are actually yep. live here in a very, very pleasant, quiet radio studio on the 18th floor. In fact, if you go to our Facebook page, go to uh, facebook.com slash Steve and Johnny Show, S-T-E-V-E-A-N-D-J-O-H-N-N-I-E-S-H-O-W, and you will see we, we posted a kind of a psychedelic picture of uh, what we were seeing as we looked through the window mm-hmm. at this time of night, and uh, we're here till two in the morning. Oh, we're here till two, two in the morning? In the morning? <laughs> Whose idea was this? But we are not alone. That's no. the nice thing. We are not alone. With us tonight, in fact, he's here until four in the morning. Is... In fact, we want to we wanted to start, uh, we want to introduce you to everybody, but mm-hmm. we wanted to start with the priorities, the most important first. Yes. Because him without whom 
you wouldn't be able to hear us That's because right. he is the keeper of the big plug. And if you pulled the plug, you know, we'd be <laughs> just yammering to ourselves. And, and he is Dan Long. Hey, Dan. Hey, good evening, guys. You're hey, here that was very nice. I've never been called a priority before. <laughs> How about keeper of the big plug? That's I am, the, I am that as well. Yes, yes. Isn't that what it says on your business card, the keeper of the big plug? <laughs> he's got my a, official title, yeah. He's got a trifle business card. <laughs> so many duties the man has. So you you are here till four, correct? I am, yes. yes. So you get out of here just about the time, get home as the sun's coming up, right? Yeah, I get to decompress a little bit while the sun rises and yeah. then sleep all day. You know, we had that conversation yeah. on the way yeah, I'm in. I'm sure you guys we, have known for after years. But we said, this means we can do absolutely anything we want on Sunday and not feel guilty. Sundays are going to be even more special around our house from <laughs> yes. now on. Yeah. I'm not cooking either. You're eating leftovers or bologna sandwiches or something <laughs> <Okay>. like that. Because <laughs> I'm going to be here till 2 o'clock in the morning. Also with us until 2 in the morning is our producer. And we want to introduce you to our producer. He is new... Well, not really, because I guess we actually worked with you a while back, right, Andrew? Uh, yeah, about uh, six millennia ago at this point. Is that right? Uh, I think it was uh, early, uh, th- closer to three years ago, wow. probably the New Year's Eve show. Uh, well, see, New Year's Eve was always a yeah, blur Yeah, it's always a blur. Yeah, always. Well, thank you for being there, because I know that was pretty crazy, and you were new then, right? Absolutely, yeah. I was fresh out the box. Yep, yep. This is Andrew Harris, uh, the the pride of Buffalo, correct? Yes, ma'am. Yes, and not buffalo ice cream. We mean buffalo New York. Although the ice cream may it's pretty mean. Yeah, may happen. Pretty good. And uh, let's segue over into the newsroom. Uh, Ron Brown's over there now. Hey, Ron. Hey, how are you guys doing? Yeah. I'm so happy to have you guys here. I know, because you get real lonely on Saturday yeah. nights. <laughs> it's a whole different vibe, and it's very, very cool. Yeah, you okay. guys are fantastic. I have a thermos here of coffee made at home. It's about a 20-cup coffee thermos. So if you need something other than... The, the thing that takes forever down the hall. You know, God bless them for making coffee available to us, but when you only have a couple minutes to run and grab a cup of coffee and you're coaxing it to heat up, you're like, come on, come on. But um, we're prepared for the night. Also in the newsroom tonight is Gabe. Hey, Gabe. Gabe is, uh, Gabe is, Gabe is hard at work putting Gabe together is, the next newscast. Well, of course Do you have a moment, Gabe, to come on over and say oh, hi to everybody? Oh, he's shy. Oh, he's anything but shy. Wait a second. Hold on here. I thought that would get him to the microphone. (laughs) Come on over over here. We'll share the microphone right here, Gabe. Let him sit on your knee. (laughs) Gabe Salgado takes over at midnight tonight, and then he takes you through the rest of the night. Good evening. Hey, Gabe. Hey, Gabe. And and a little later, we're going to pick your brain for uh, your idea of what's going to happen with the Bears game on Sunday. Uh, let me just uh, say, get your Tylenol ready ahead of time because oh. you, you're not going to like how that's going to You sound. know what? Maybe we just sleep through the game and watch the highlights. Yeah. Uh, you know what? That, that might be a good idea, but I, th- there will still be some things that uh, fans would be interested to see as far as like, you know. Uh, like play, the end play, of the season? Oh, other than that, but, uh, you know, <laughs> players that may want to stick around for next season that, yeah. you know, that did, you know, give this team a chance on Sundays. But uh, yeah. cer- certainly, it, certainly it, at the same time, you know, although it's good to see this, you know, miserable season coming around at the same time, it's also disappointing because we love football in this town. Yeah. So uh, that'll definitely be a, a fun conversation to have What later. jersey are you wearing tonight? I'm actually wearing a uh, White Sox shirt. 
Yes. Right. Yes. yes. So I, I I had my Cubs one on last night. So. Oh, well. So so okay. so I balanced it all out. Well, good. You you knew we were in the house tonight, so you wore your White Sox jersey. Right? Of course. Okay. Good man. Okay. So we are covered on all the bases. Yep. When you call tonight at three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred, you'll be talking to Andrew. If there are any technical problems, we turn them over to Dan, and then you're going to get all of your news between Gabe and. Ron, if anything happens, they know that they can just break in when news breaks out. Is that what we're saying? Oh, I like that. Yes, that's okay. good. And yes, we we are live, or, or as live as we ever get, and we've got a uh, a bunch of people. Yes. Some you may be familiar with. There are some new things because this is. I think the technical term is this is going to be a work in progress. Mm, okay. All right. But before we go away and take a quick break, do you still have Christmas decorations up, Dan Long? I am done. I we are clear. Oh, you look like you're really proud of it too. Not really. I yeah, actually I have yeah. no problem with letting the Christmas stuff sit around for a couple of days. Uh, sit around. The last week was so depressing, so gray. You we needed, needed those lights on the tree. Oh, that I, is true. I don't need Santa, but you know, lights on the tree. Oh my gosh, this is the time of the year we should be lighting the lights, right? Yep. And and as we pulled out of our driveway tonight. All the lights were on at our house. Yes. They will be on yes. for uh, uh, several more weeks. Well, if the Vatican's going to keep their lights on until February 2nd, I think... Yeah, <laughs> that, that works for me. I mean, I just heard the Pope said, February 2nd, we take the lights down. I'm like, okay, thank you, Pope. That's perfectly acceptable, <laughs> That's I feel right. like. Okay. Ron, you got uh, decorations and lights up at your house? Well, I hope you don't think less of me, but no, I, didn't, I don't usually put up uh christmas decorations oh. single guy live at home and uh I, I let other people take care of that i do enjoy them but i don't put them up around my house okay from now okay. on steve one of our eight trees will be ron's yeah. tree uh, okay. yep. <laughs> yep. i've been adopted okay. one yep. of the eight trees will say this one's just for ron <laughs> well thank you <laughs> that'll be our rockabilly tree How's oh that? all right because we have a guitar tree so we can have yeah, a we really do yeah. Rocking around the Christmas yeah. tree. I'm yeah. down with that. Yeah. So, Andrew, do you have any decorations up? Anything going on at your house that looks Christmassy? Um, my roommate and I both have a uh, yearly Christmas wreath that we keep on our door at all times Good. because uh, okay. we forgot to take it down one year and we just said it's up forever now. That works. <laughs> and you want the neighbors to think you're crazy and they won't mess with you. So, they, the crazy guys that have a Christmas wreath up, we won't bother with them, right? So I know that's what our neighbors say about us. They're the crazy people with the year-round Christmas tree. But that's okay. Well, that's one of the reasons they think we're crazy. But that's the <laughs> subject for a much longer discussion. <laughs> but we're going to take a break and then uh, back with more. You can text us. You can uh, call us, uh, 312-981-7200. We have a ton of people that are going to be joining us tonight. We roughly planned about 10 hours worth of stuff yeah. for a five-hour show. So mm-hmm. uh, stay with us, and we'll see how it all plays out. Just the two of us. Well, not really. We, as we said, we got a whole gang of guys here with yeah. us tonight. <laughs> and we really appreciate that. Indianapolis is listening. Dean and Indy checks in. It says, wow, welcome back. Got a lot of welcome homes at uh, 312-981-7200. And we really appreciate that. And um, the, the listener who said... I'm so happy that Steve and Jenny are back on the radio. So I just yeah, wrote, Jenny will be here a little later. Well, I said I'll tell to, Jenny. Yeah, and then I to, signed it, "Love Johnny," because <laughs> I don't want to be ugly. You know, don't want to start the night out like that. We go to some phone calls and uh, Annette. Hi, you're on WGN. Welcome home. Oh, Annette, thank you. What a nice thing it is to hear your voices. Well, thank, oh, well, thank you. you. It's a nice thing to be heard. 
Annette. Welcome home. You interviewed my Robert. Yes. He passed away now. Uh, three times on your radio, writing his book, Christmas on State Street. The yes. Uh, A know, wonderful book. When I was talking about our eight Christmas trees, I thought, did you pick up a vibe? I thought about you guys. Yeah, Uncle Mistletoe is on, on my tree as we speak, oh and I leave gosh. it up now. You'll say till the second. I shall leave it up till the second. Second of February. The Pope said this. He said, "I guess uh, can- candle mass is is the holiday," and yeah. he apparently told, I guess, archdioceses all around the world, "Leave your your lights up until February second. I said, "God bless you, Pope." I really appreciate that. <laughs> you bless the Pope. Yeah. I was thinking of Robert tonight, and I was contemplating, just relaxing, and I turned on my WGN, and there you were, and I was so I was like connecting with Robert again, so oh. I want to welcome you home. Oh, thank oh, you. That's a very sweet thing to say, Annette. That is so sweet, Annette. Thank you for being with us throughout the years. We really appreciate it. Okay, bye-bye. Good night. Bye-bye. Yeah, it's, uh, we've heard from a lot of people that have been nice enough to be with us for a long time. We have, we have listeners going to bed so that they can feel like they used to feel in bed with us. Okay. It's 9 o'clock, people. <laughs> We're at 9.25. The listeners to Barbara says, tell Stephen Johnny I actually went to bed at 9 tonight so I can savor the full Stephen Johnny experience like I did all those years. Some of the most fun letters, emails, whatever yes. that we used to get were from people who would be sleeping. They would wake up. There was one woman in particular. She was sleeping. She had her radio on. She wo- And she would have her headphones in her ear. We started talking about something. She started laughing. And her husband wanted to know what the heck she was laughing at. Because he was sound asleep. And he didn't know what she was doing. And she was shaking the bed because yeah. she was laughing so hard. And he said, are you possessed? Or what's going on? Because the bed is shaking. And so she said, could you please talk to my husband and tell him what I was laughing at? I said, you know, it loses something in translation when you, you know, you kind of retell it. And she said, okay, he thinks I'm crazy. Simple as that, right? We should explain for uh, anybody who's uh, new to us yeah. that uh, if you don't know who the heck we are, uh, we've been a part of the WGN family since 1984, mm-hmm. uh, full-time for roughly 27-some-odd years. And uh, somebody wants to know what show number this is. This is... Uh, we think it's 6,203. No, it's more than that. 6,302. Yeah. Yeah, 6,302. That sounds right. Because at 5,000, the governor at that time, Governor Quinn, proclaimed it our day because we had 5,000 shows under our belt. And yes, I was keeping track of them all those years. And we went into Starbucks with that proclamation expecting to get a free uh, Frappuccino, but but nothing. No. And I was told by a police officer, don't try to park at this meter and not pay the meter with that dumb proclamation. It doesn't work. (laughs) And I said, thank you, officer. Here's my money. But we've been a part of the WGN family for uh, for a long time, and um, we're going to be back on Saturday nights for a while and uh, see how it plays out. And uh, we, we won't be, uh, especially in the next couple weeks, the regular showtime is 9 p.m. till 2 a.m. That may change depending on Hawks games. Right. Like next week, we don't start till 10.30. I think the next two weeks, we don't start till 10.30. But be here as soon as the game is done. Don't go away. Stick around, and we're going to have all kinds of fun things to take you through uh, until two o'clock in the morning. Some of the things that you've uh, you've heard us do before, and some some new things. Mm-hmm. We've got a bunch of new stuff uh, planned for you Absolutely. too. Absolutely. And the did I say it was six thousand three hundred and 
Two? Two, yeah, that okay. sounds Well, close. we're going to count every one of those shorter shows as a show, too. Oh, yeah. Every time we show yeah. up, that's every a show, time, right? That's, yep. <laughs> Okay. Yep. In fact, if we just pass the station, that, that's, that's a show. Ching, see, I've got a little counter that I wear on my belt, yeah. and I just, you know, I just keep a tally that way. <laughs> we go back to some phone calls, so 312-981-7200, and let's go to, uh, let's see. This line should one? Be, uh, line one, uh, or uh, line three, I think. Uh, let's try. Whoops. Uh-oh. Do not start whoopsing. I, I, I'm prepared to, to completely it's screw this up. It's 28 minutes into the show. Do not whoops me. So let me see if uh, theoretically... Okay. This should be Kimberly? So does Jim. Or Jim. Okay. <laughs> well, you look like Kimberly. It's that blonde <laughs> wig you were wearing. Kimberly. Jim, just a minute. Let him say whoops one more time, okay? <laughs> whoops one more time. Get okay. it all out of your system. Hi, Jim. Hello, very. I want to thank you guys so much. Thank you from the bottom of my heart to you guys and WGN Radio because I have been a long, long, long time listener. I used to drive overnight and mm. listen to you guys every single night. Oh, you were one of and, our all night truckers. Yes. And then I, even after that job, I'd still listen to you overnight. And now in the last few years, I cannot get into any of the WGN programming, and I, oh. I wanted to get in touch with them and say, "Hey, what happened to Steve and Johnny?" And well, I mean, I I'm staying up, and I mean, I'm up usually at this time, but I just I'm so tickled that you guys are back. Oh. I just welcome oh, you well, back. Thank with you. My well, thank whole heart. you. I just I'm so happy. I couldn't say it enough. I just I love you guys. You in all the years I've listened, all you know, thousands of shows. I have never ever had to turn you off because I was bored or upset oh. with anything. Oh, oh gosh, that, that's well. That, you I, just you just made my night. I, so, Jim, now you can go away. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jim. And, Your job and, is and the done. check is in the mail. And yeah. real quick, just before we break for the news, uh, Jim was talking about how you know there's some programming you like, some he doesn't. And we want to say a little bit about that, yes, too, yes. because we're going to be here for five hours. We're going to do a lot of stuff and cover a lot of ground. That's a lot of words. So if you happen to be listening and it's something that doesn't trip your trigger, you're going, oh, I don't like to talk about fill in the blanks, then, you know, go take a warm bath or make yourself some peanut butter and crackers and come back because you're hopefully going to find something that you will enjoy yeah. over the next five hours. So I'm just saying, don't rush to your computer to start frantically typing harumph, away harumph, harumph. how you do not like what's happening now. For the 12 minutes I've been listening, just relax. This is what the night's yeah. all about. It's Everybody be, just chill for a while. That's the kind of vibe we're going for. In fact, we're going to chill and go to the newsroom. I just realized I now get to say something that... It's kind of awkward coming back mm-hmm. because I'm used to saying Steve and Johnny at WGN in for oh yes fill in the blank right and the blanks are us tonight <laughs> <That's> so <right. laughs> surprise <laughs> and there is a a bit of a new lineup on Saturday nights yes. uh, the mincing rascals are on before us and after us and I think this is so cool I've been a fan of Frank Sinatra for. Oh, well, probably. you and my mother bonded on Frank yeah. from day one. Yeah. It was so funny because my dad would go, it's Tony Bennett. It's not Frank. She'd go, John, Steve agrees with me. In fact, that is my one regret. I've seen Elvis. I've seen the Beatles for $5 at Comiskey Park. Thank you very much. Wow. Uh, seen Tony Bennett. Mm-hmm. Never got to see Frank Sinatra in person. 
and really would have loved to have had that experience. Yeah. Uh, Dave Plyer is nice enough to stop in and hang out with us. Hey, and, guys. And you've got a new show that is uh, well, a new time regular slot. show, new time slot. Yes. Well, I, yeah, there's all kinds of chances. I, I, I'm doing a travel show followed yeah. by my show. So we did the first travel show yesterday on the yeah. map. By the way, mm-hmm. hello and welcome back to a regular birth here on WGN Radio. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. My dad even is very excited that we're on right now. And he doesn't listen this late at night. He's like, well, I'm listening. I'm staying up tonight. I'm oh, doing this. God. Yeah. So it's a good thing. It's a good thing. But yeah, so a uh, little travel show, then we'll do my show, and then uh, they rerun part of my show on Saturday. But yeah, Sinatra, you know, which is perfect, because you guys always have music as mm-hmm. a big part of your show. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to lead that into a little bit of Frank. Did you? I don't know that I ever asked you, did you ever get to see Frank live? Yes. So I lived in New York for three or four years in the early 90s, and I saw him at what was the Ravinia of upstate New York. It's a, a SPAC, the Saratoga Performing Arts Center, and it's the only time I've ever seen him live. He wasn't doing backstage or anything because I was working for um, a record company at the time, mm-hmm. but got to see him on stage 92 or 3, maybe, maybe 93. Was he good? Uh, you know, it was he died in ninety five, I believe. So mm-hmm. it, it was it was toward the end, but he he was still Frank. It was still seeing this legend yeah. on stage. And, and what I find fascinating about watching Sinatra, even in his late year videos, yeah, he knew what was going on with his voice. He found new ways to to use it. You're absolutely right. Absolutely D- different right. breathing yeah. techniques. Yeah. And uh, I, I admired him so much for that. Never really changed his music, per se, because he, he hated rock and roll. I mean, it took him a long time to say, all right, I'll I'll entertain singing some of these newer songs or some of these pop songs. But he was never really a rock guy. Like, he didn't really want to do Strangers in the Night, did he? Not that. Well, plus, he did. He did Sweet Caroline. He did uh, Leaving in a Jet Plane. Like, he did so many, like, yeah. songs that... Yeah were awkward for him to do but i love playing them because they're just so bizarre sometimes. what was the what was the one and, and correct me on this the song that really was the the nail in the coffin that said okay mitch miller i'm out of columbia i can't put up with this dreck oh, it was a, a really uh, good question here i think um, there was some dog barks or something in it what am i thinking of yeah you, those were his very very early days but yeah he was he was out oh, i remember the song i don't know the song oh i'm gonna Okay, the hard drive in my head is going to be mm-hmm. working on this. You have to get Smoking. your staff on it. Is your staff listening <laughs> yeah. right now? <laughs> we told them to quiet down. Okay, so. yeah, that's smart. Very smart. But tomorrow's Elvis's birthday, right? Is yes. Yeah, so yes. there was one time, though, he did embrace it because he knew his ratings on his TV show were yep. going to pick up. And he sang Love Me Tender. And, which was wonderful. Which is wonderful. And Elvis sang Witchcraft. Together. So they yep. intertwined the songs together. And... Elvis did his swing, his swagger, and everything else. Frank was a little more awkward with Love Me Tender, I remember. But those are the little gems that I love finding and playing and sharing those those mm. stories on the mm-hmm. radio with people, you know? Andrew, did you have a name of the, the possibly a song, Fill in the Blank for us? I think uh, I'm looking it up. Mama Will Bark? Yes. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Can, can you play, if you've got Mama it, can you play literally? You know what? About, I don't about, think I've ever played that. About oh. t- it was Here a it horrible record, well, and uh, Mitch Miller wanted Sinatra yeah. to do it. And when he it was kind of the nail in the coffin, and he said, okay, not only am I out of here, but I'm going to Capitol. Yeah. And then after he was with Capital for a while, he started his own company, Reprise. That's right. That's right. But if you've got Mama Will Bark, this is just... <laughs> 
it, pull that baby up. To, yeah. To, to call it a piece of dreck uh, is an insult to dreck. Dreck. <laughs> I'm trying to think who was the, who was the capital when he got there. Was it Alan Livingston? Because he was he's the guy that oh. that you know our friends at GNTV always talk about the that he created Bozo, but he was the guy that was leading oh. Capitol Records at yeah. the time too. Okay, you got it. I would have quit too. <laughs> I mean, Mitch Miller, who was running Columbia at yeah. that time, said, Frank, you're going to do this. And that that was it. Oh, he was yeah. out of there. Yeah. That would be the straw. Yeah, yeah that, would be, that would be it. That was awful. <laughs> now I want to play it, though, because that's a great story. It's a great story to share. I love then that. Then you got all those good songs to cleanse your palate with after well, that. You know, he recorded, I think, fourteen, almost 1,400 songs. And, of oh course, some of them several times, but... I obviously haven't played all of them because that one, yeah. <laughs> that one will well, add for later leave it tonight. To my ever loving, to I love that. Like I that. love that. Well, oh you're the gosh. you're the music uh, encyclopedia Geek. here. Yeah, Geek. absolutely. Yeah. Well, the, oh. the closest I ever came to seeing Frank was uh, this would have been roughly 1977 ish at the River Oak Shopping Center. Oh. They had outside concerts. Frank Sinatra Jr. was there with a oh. big band. Oh. And okay. it was a wonderful yeah. concert. Yeah. yeah, and sounded so much like his father. Yeah, I would say the closest phys- uh, the closest I've gotten to him besides seeing him is I got to know Rickles, Don Rickles. Mm-hmm. And his manager was Frank's right. road manager. So he's on our show very frequently talking mm-hmm. stories and so forth. But um, that was a guy that, I mean, they were they were buddies, Sinatra and Rickles. Yeah. That was an inseparable. And you know what? You watch anything on YouTube. I love the Rickles and Carson stuff that's on yeah. there. Yeah. And know? I'm sure mm-hmm. you've, you've talked to Tom Dreesen many oh, times. Oh, yeah, Tommy. Yeah. Absolutely. He's got oh, yeah. stories to tell. Yeah. He opened up, I think, 13 years. He yes. was his. Yeah. yeah absolutely. That's yeah. incredible, yeah. too. Yeah. When, when you see Tom, uh, tell him we said, hey, it's been too long since we've I talked to him. I will do yeah. that. I'll, you know, I'll throw you his number. He should do the show. Yeah. yeah. He'd love to. I used to have his number. and. Michael Connor uh, texted in to say that he saw Frank Sinatra in the early 90s at the Civic Opera House. Uh, mezzanine seats. He said, I drove to the University of Chicago to buy the tickets from a guy because I knew from a guy. He knew a guy. Yeah. Because he said, I knew I had to see Frank before he was gone. And that was uh, in the 90s, 90s early 90s. Yeah, early yeah. 90s. Yeah. No question. Wow. We are going to take a quick break. Uh, Dave Plyer will be following this here show at 2 o'clock in the morning. So you will, there's a shift. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the Sinatra hours will run from two, two until, until two until five, and then we got a little half hour in there that we're doing called the Crooners Corner, where we're going to play a little of some other folks like uh, uh, Nat King Cole and Steve oh, Lawrence, yeah. and you know just some of that other stuff that's inspired by yeah. Frank. You know, mm. it breaks it up a little bit. Very nice. Yeah, very cool. We'll take a break. More to come. Stay with us at WGN. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. It was roughly 1967 or 68. Uh, Jimmy Bowen was producing Frank Sinatra, and he had him record that song. And I don't know that it was ever Frank's favorite song, but it was one of my favorite songs because Sinatra's voice was Sinatra's voice. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I believe after they finished the session, um, Kay, the uh, female bass player, uh, oh. We've had her on the show. Yeah, uh, I believe they brought her in to record that fuzz tone bass oh. over the arrangement and give it a little more of a contemporary feel. And it charted for 
I want to say about a, a month or so. It wasn't. It was never one of Frank's biggest records, yeah. but it was mm-hmm. one of my favorites. It's a great song. And as I'm look, we're looking out the window, looking at the skyline, listening to that music. I'm thinking about folks tr- listening, maybe driving in their cars through downtown Chicago, listening to that just great, powerful voice that he yeah. has. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're talking with Dave Plyer because his Sinatra hours will be right after our show at two o'clock in the morning till five. And uh, he's now doing a travel show, and Carrie writes, I'm so happy to hear you, Steve and Johnny. And Dave's travel show was really fun, so interesting. I loved it. Wow. And that is Carrie from Geneva, who was listening yesterday. And that was... That was That's the very uh, nice. first show. First show, inaugural yeah. show yesterday. So, yeah. what's the? I'm sorry, I missed it yesterday. The- so, um, each week we're going to focus on either a regional area, national area, somewhere international, and we're going to talk to uh, the folks out there. Maybe a business, an event, something special that's going on out mm-hmm. there uh, for a couple segments. We're also going to do just some travel reporting, more on local things, because you know there's sometimes. Uh, and I don't know about you guys, and I know you guys have your place away from here as well, but. I like just to get away for the weekend. Like after the mm-hmm. travel show mm-hmm. yesterday, I drove up to Wisconsin. Oh yeah, and stayed at a little inn that I usually stay at. Had had a couple of drinks with friends. Well, they and... should put you on the board, in <laughs> yeah. Wisconsin. Seriously, because every place you go, I'm like, I, I want to so... go there. <laughs> it's an escape. I want to eat there. <laughs> well, oh. One of our favorite places that sadly we haven't been for years, and we first heard about from Bob Collins up in Door County, Wisconsin. Oh yeah, oh, that you, was you ever our... been there? I have been there, but years ago. That's oh. not a frequent place it, for me. It, it's it's well, little WGN. Oh. I Really? tell you, oh! But what, one of the things I love about it is once you cross over into what they call the door, you are not going to see franchises. It's oh, all yeah. mom That's and fair. pop, yeah. local restaurants, local businesses. But uh, I seek that out anyway. Yeah. I, I, it's just so much more fun to do it that way. But I'm a big supper club guy, so I love exploring that. That's what we loved up in Dora County, yeah. the supper oh, clubs. Yeah. Now, some of them have changed and closed, but uh, the bowling alley is where Bob went all the time. Yep. And uh, it, it was so funny because he put them on the map to the point that when we would go up there, the I, w- I would actually use a different name. Because people would recognize me. I would yep. say so. You know? Oh, yeah. And so I'd say, yeah. Steve, when you call my name out, you yeah. know, call me something else like Bunny. I'm Diana. Bunny. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be Bunny this weekend. <laughs> and what was the place? Uh, was it Al Johnson's with Al the goats Johnson's. on the roof? Yes. Oh, man, yes. I love this. Have you been to the Duck Inn in Delavan? No. no. It's farmland Delavan. So you're going way outside that downtown area. Oh. It's like four houses sewn together and big screen door when you walk in. Nice. There's ducks everywhere. But... The food is amazing because, you know, sometimes it's hit or miss when you go to these separate clubs. The food is outstanding. They make a great old fashioned and they do a grasshopper and a brandy Alexander. They're using a wood bowl, wood spoon, and they're just folding it in until it is just that smooth and crisp. I have to have one after this. (laughs) You're making me hungry. Drive a few by? (laughs) Well, we usually, I mean, usually before the Sinatra show, we do a few shots of Jack in honor of him because it makes it much more exciting for the show. (laughs) But I won't do that. I know. Have you ever seen, uh, I, I stumbled across this Sinatra video. Uh, within the past couple months. I think it was done sometime in the 60s. And, Johnny, I showed it to you. It was uh, backstage. This camera crew was following Sinatra. It was a special series of shows that was being done at one of the Las Vegas uh, hotels. Was it televised? Yes, it was. And and he was – he's getting ready – uh, some comedian is on stage, but Sinatra's walking backstage, and you see him looking in a mirror and making sure his tux is okay. And then he stops by 
one of the bartenders backstage and he gets a drink mm-hmm. and he Naturally. slowly walks to the uh, he's behind the curtain and he starts uh teasing whoever the comedian is on stage love and then that. It comes, it's just that. it's wonderful yeah. backstage stuff that's old you school know, you just reminded me speaking of old school have you ever seen seth mcfarland oh, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, perform live oh, oh at ravinia i think is in oh, the yeah yeah i had him with on the show actually with yeah. his drink in hand we've had him on the show though his family guy and, yes and, right and yes. we had stewie visit us on the oh, show too which was awesome oh my gosh but it's like a different human being yes. on stage doing but, that but right? he is, he's so similar to sinatra in that yes. he respects the arrangers he talks about mm-hmm. the arrangers the writers and the whole thing in fact didn't he buy the sinatra, sinatra. charts yes he did he talked oh, about I yes the night we oh. saw him. yes so he was when we saw him up at ravinia he was doing yeah, ravinia, yeah. the the mm-hmm. sinatra charts wow and wow. it was wonderful. I know. It's just so it's such a different – like when you think about Seth MacFarlane and everything that he does, this is the last thing I would think he would do. And he has such a passion for it. Oh, he does. Yeah. And I love – remember he said, I've never had to spray my tuxedo with uh, off. Oh, yeah, video, I did that that's right. before I stepped out on stage tonight. Because there were so many bugs. And the lights. Well, the lights yeah. are terrible. fabulous. I mean, uh, yeah. And remember, it was that night he had – he brought out the bass player – that did um, Nancy Sinatra. Uh, those boots are made, made for, for walking. walking. Oh, wow, so that's Because cool. that he had the small, the the bass player, the drummer, and the piano player were traveling with him. But he was working with that. the Chicago Symphony yeah. Orchestra. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And it was just such a wow. cool show. Uh, Carol Kay was the bass player. You yes. were trying to think Carol of earlier. Yes. See again, we prove. That with our audience, we can make complete thoughts yes. because they can fill in. All, it's like a game show. Exactly. We don't we, need a computer. No, we just play we out a couple of words and then somebody fills it in and then I read it. And then we Sounds go, oh, like first word. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yay. We have the smartest audience in the world. Love that, that. That's what I love. love and that. you know, from day one when we had the capability of reading text, it was life changing. Yeah. yeah right? It truly was because there are people that could not hold on forever. You know, truckers are working. Or working. whatever, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Nurses, mm-hmm. um, many did, of them. Did, did I ever tell you that literally the night we knew the internet was going to change our lives and be a part of what we did forever, mm-hmm. they had just installed computers at the old location in the Tribune Tower. Something happened. There was a bombing in Jerusalem. Jerusalem. We got word about it. We're talking about it. I get an email from someone who is listening to us over in Jerusalem, a block away from where the bombing was. I sent them an email back and I said, would you mind if we had our producer call you? We got the phone number and we had a line on the scene report. And I realized- It was chilling. Okay. That wow. this is going to make a huge difference in how we do this. Yeah, yeah. and no this question. was not a reporter who'd seen it no. all. This was a guy that was giving us just the most- Heartfelt. I mean, through tears, yeah. he was talking. Incredible. To us. Yeah. Well, you said you were just mentioning some of the cities and so forth that are, yeah. you know, Colorado. Colorado's yeah, checking right? in yeah. tonight. Yeah. yeah, of course. Indiana, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Wisconsin. Yes. Thank, <laughs> thank you, Wisconsin. Dave, for putting yes. us on the map. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> now, if only you could get free, Brandy Alexander. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Try no, no payola. I will pay for my, <laughs> pay oh. for my grass. Yeah, absolutely. I'll pay for my grasshopper. Oh, so, so, what are we going to be hearing on the uh, Sinatra hours this morning? 
morning. Well, you know what? Uh, we're gonna. It's gonna be a little bit. Uh, what are we doing? We're doing some duets today, so I know we've got that sprinkled in. We do do some specialty shows throughout the year. So whether it's an all live show, all of his live performances, we do Frank around the world. That's coming up in a couple weeks, where it's just songs about destinations in his in his music. Mm-hmm. Um, You're not gonna like what I'm about to say. Yeah, well, tell me. Okay. I love Frank Sinatra. Mm-hmm. The only series of albums he ever did that I never liked were his duets albums. Why? Because, unlike Tony Bennett, he wasn't in the same studio. There. That's very true. Yeah. There That's was somebody would be in California, he'd be in New York, and they would just... Or do. they used an old recording. Exactly. They did that, too. Yeah. Absolutely. No and question. I just thought, no, you're so much better than that. You know, I almost think it was for some of the singers of the day that just really wanted to sing with Frank, and it was an opportunity to bring yeah. those yeah. voices together. But I agree with you. It's, yeah. It wasn't truly... A live album. Some of them are, there's some great songs in there, but yeah, they were never in the same yeah. studio at the same time. Well, but, you have your work cut out for you for tonight at 2 <laughs> I o'clock. I do, I do, yeah. Your Sinatra Hours debut at 2 a.m. immediately yes. following this mm-hmm. show, and you won't be cut short by Blackhawks. <laughs> so no. you'll always you want to take be, some of the show, you, you could. You'll <laughs> always be there at 2. And in February, when we're in Florida, you can travel with us on a Friday night See, to Florida. See, there we go. I love that. Yes. Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. There you go. All right. Thank, Thank you, you guys. Welcome back. Appreciate it. Thank you. we got a lot more coming up. Uh, in the 10 o'clock hour, we're going to be joined by a man you've heard on our show for how many years? Oh, 20 years. At least. Yes. We are his radio parents. Yes, we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is the publisher of Consumer Guide Automotive, Tom Appel. So we're going to be talking cars. One of the things we're doing tonight, we will be introducing you to people who are going to be a, a part of our show. They're going to be part of the cast of characters. They will not be on with us every week, but they're going to be part of right. our cast of characters. I'm going to shut up and let the news talk now. Well, we're playing that because, guess what? As we said before the news, we're going to be, throughout the show, introducing you to various people who are going to be a part of our cast of characters. Now, they will not all be on with us every week, but they'll be on with us at least once a month. Mm -hmm. And uh, a little later tonight, we're going to be talking uh, uh, computers and uh, showbiz and some other things. And speaking of computers... Patrick Crispin will join us in the midnight hour, Mm -hmm. and that is after his son, our grandson, the one and only Joseph. Mm -hmm. Hello, Joseph. He's listening right now. He's in Pasadena hanging on to every word. He's had a big day today. So (laughs) Patrick will join us after Joseph has turned in for the night. So we just wanted to give him a little shout out. And we're going to be talking uh, showbiz news with uh, Gino, who will be stopping by once a month. Unless he's on some far-flung junket, he may call us who knows when. And we're going to always be here after the hockey game. So, for example, the next few weeks, the hockey game is going to be taking us up to about 10, 1030. But we'll be here right after that until 2 o'clock in the morning. And, And our game plan is to do the shows live. Uh, you know, now, th- might there be some weird thing happens that uh, we wind up uh, replaying something? It's possible, but our our game plan is mm-hmm. we're going to be here every Saturday night, like it or not. Finally, we have something to do on Saturday yes. night. Yay! Oh, yay! <laughs> After 38 years of marriage, we've got some place to go. Well, well, actually, we should take you back. For people who who don't know. This was really what Johnny and I did the first time that we were heard on this radio station yep. together was a Saturday night show in February of 1985. 85. And you know that our staff was not born 
when we were here. Yeah. <laughs> the people that are running this radio station behind the scenes it, were not born. In fact, the I will never forget this. The very first Saturday night show that we did, and you can appreciate this, Andrew, the very first Saturday night show we did, we didn't have any producer. Oh, that's right. That's we were right. on during the uh, the commercials. Johnny would run to the other side of the glass, and she would take the phone. Take calls, the phone calls, and the people would want to talk to me on that side. I'd go, no, 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 no. You have to hold on. I have to. I'd be queuing things up, taking care of the records and, and, then and the commercials through, and things, and then sit down breathlessly. We'd come out of a commercial break, and that that was one of the first major negotiations we had with management. Who <laughs> would say, you know, if if we're going to do this, we really we kind of need a producer. Remember, I would call guests, and you'd say, get in here. I said, but they're still talking to me. They yep. think they're on the radio. you got to get them on hold. That was very funny. Very funny. And that was February of 1985. Yep. Uh, how things have changed. <sighs> We're in this palatial estate up here on the 18th floor. And we get to talk to people that we got to know through our radio show. Tom Appel is the publisher of Consumer Guide Automotive. Tom, we were just trying to think, how long have we been talking to you? It's been, what, over 20 years? Um, Maybe just under 20 years. Probably Mm -hmm. like 18 years, I think. I came down there first with... uh, Frank Piler. Oh, yeah, with Frank Piler. And and, and eventually he... That that slow thing he did where he retired very, 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 very slowly (laughs) over a long period of time. But eventually there was a time when I was coming down alone. Yes. Uh, to WGN Studios. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And as I like to say, we are your radio parents because you're heard yes. on the radio quite a bit these days and you have a very successful podcast. But it all started on our show because you actually called us first as a listener, right? I did way back when. That was in the 80s, yes. uh, probably 85 ish. It, it was about yeah. some music thing or something? Wasn't it Elton John you called about? No, it was it was Paul McCartney, and you guys were talking about oh. how bad early CDs sounded. Oh, that's yes. right. Yes, <gasps> that's right. We went kicking and screaming from vinyl to CDs because yeah, it, 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 it just picked up Wings Across America, and yes. it sounded terrible on CD. Oh, I oh, that's so funny. It all comes back to me, and I think you were working at a gas station then, weren't you? I just left the gas station and started working at a market research. Your memory is incredible. Oh, Johnny. my gosh. Uh, well, you know, yeah. I, you're one of my kids, Tom. <laughs> and Tom, <laughs> in all these years, he continues to uh, winter and summer. Well, my favorite picture. Baffles us. Uh, my, my favorite picture of Tom. In fact, I, I should steal this from, from your Facebook page and put it on ours. It was one of the coldest days yes. a, a couple weeks ago. And Tom is just getting ready to go outside, and he's got his shorts. I mean, just shorts and 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 like a long sleeve shirt. Yeah, that's it. And he would come into our studio, and I I have it was below zero. We we, go, Tom. We've been friends for a long time, Tom. I have never understood your thermostat. I don't. I just assume I'm just very well insulated. There's no other explanation. He runs hot. You know, that's how it is. Gosh. Well, thank you for agreeing to join us once a month and talk cars. Oh, my pleasure. Because there's so much to talk about when it comes to cars, especially after the last two and a half years. Yeah. And and let me turn on the blatant plug light for a second. Uh, If people want to follow you, listen to you, uh, get in touch with you, uh, how do they do any or all of the above? 
You can do all of that at consumerguide.com. If you're not looking for a new car, just go straight to our blog. There's a button there, a tab, and that's where the fun stuff is. If you're looking for a car, there's some serious car stuff right there on our homepage. And you can download the Car Stuff podcast, which has been on a hiatus for a few weeks, but we actually start recording next week again. Um, You can download that anywhere you find better podcasts. That's exactly right. The better podcast. See, they've got a better one. And uh, again, blatant plug. I was checking out your website. You made some changes to it. Looks good. Yeah, making some changes. Big changes coming in a few weeks. So, uh, yeah, we're updating everything. Now he's teasing us, too, on top of everything else. Well, speaking of teases, uh, we're going to take a break and then we'll get back and talk cars with Tom. So stay with us. You are just so weird. You're just not discovering that? (laughs) How long have we been married? I just had an epiphany. <laughs> and yesterday was the epiphany. Wow. Uh, Tom Appel is with us. We are talking cars. Tom, this is going to haunt you forever. You know it that. It is, yeah. Yeah. You, can, you can't be a car guy and not know something like this, and I'm paying the penalty. You are. I would never rub it in, Tom. <laughs> he actually agreed to take back the Saturday night show just so he could do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. We're going to talk cars. People are texting with questions at 312-981-7200. You can also talk to Tom at that number, 312-981-7200. little car news, if we can start there. Here we yeah. are at the fir- the beginning of the year, and the first part of the new year, we always talk about what the automotive industry did the previous year, mm-hmm. and it looks like it was actually a good year for General Motors, right? It was, and this is a funny story because it was a very, very bad year for General Motors last year. Um, and one of the things that happened was that GM was caught blindsided a little bit by the chip shortage. Yeah. Now, it's not as simple as that. They chose to build fewer vehicles and to allocate their chips to vehicles that used more chips but were higher profit. But just the same, they ran into chip shortage issues and did build fewer cars. And for the first time in, I think it was 90 years, General Motors was not the best-selling manufacturer in the U.S. last year, 2021. Um uh, it was Toyota, but for 2022, they recovered that and actually had a very strong year. They were up 2.5%. If you discount Tesla, were one of the most successful manufacturers last year. You mean Tesla was one of the top three most successful? Tesla sales were up dramatically. Tesla wow. sold about 500,000 cars in the U.S. and a 1,400,000 globally. Whoa! Um, it, it's so fascinating. It's too, late, it's too late for that company to fail. <laughs> it, it's fascinating it to, to watch what's going on with Tesla because their cars are selling, but their stock, because mm. of Musk, yeah. is going up and down and up and down and up and down. But, well, yeah, the stock multiple for Tesla was never realistic anyway, and it was strange because you you had Tesla being worth more money than the companies like General Motors and Toyota, and it didn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, they just weren't selling that many cars, and there were some questions about their profitability for a long time, too. Um, clearly, they've gotten past some of that stuff, but there was no reason why the company was worth what it was about, what it, the public had valued it as, and, and it, it has plummeted this year and so i think it's unlikely to go back to anything like what it was before i think at one point it was up 900 percent yeah which is just mind-boggling yeah Uh, i'm going to take you back to uh, toyota which took a tiny slip behind general motors is the camry Mm -hmm. still the number one sedan in this country Oh, it's probably the number one sedan. You caught me off guard with that question, but I suspect that it is. Mm -hmm. The number one vehicle remains the Toyota RAV4, I believe. Really? 
Yeah, so you've got a compact crossover. And that happened to almost every manufacturer. That happened at Honda, too, where the CRV now sells better than the Accord. What about pickup trucks? Uh, aren't uh, the American made pickup trucks still? Ford is still doing pretty well with that, aren't they? Yeah, Ford, the, the Ford F-150, again, the best-selling vehicle in the United States, and I think they got very close to 700,000 units, and given the shortage of, of everything, that was quite a, quite a feat. Yeah. Also last year, interesting, when we talk about General Motors' issue, Ram outsold uh, the Silverado in 2021, but the Silverado was back on top for 2022, back on top of the Ram. It's number two to the F-150. Can I just go on record as saying the Ram truck is my fantasy vehicle? I would never get out of my vehicle if I had a... I am serious. But you'd have to have a red one. Oh, I got... With that... Oh, that lovely leather interior. I lust after those vehicles. And every time we had one to road test, Steve would look... He'd go, where have you been? You've been gone all day. I just drive around, <laughs> blow them a horn, waving at people in my Ram truck. <laughs> yeah, it's a delightful thing to drive. It Ram, is. Apart from its size, there's really no compromise... And fuel economy, there's no compromises you make. It's... It, you can equip it very luxurious. The power delivery is wonderful. Wow. The interior is great. And and the, the, the infotainment and touchscreen stuff works really, really well. Crazy good. I mean, it is really a rolling yeah. office if that's what you need. Yeah, and it is. One of my little victories was when I was road testing it for a week, if I could drive and never drive up on a curb. When I made it, because it's so big, it's easy to get that back end up sure. over the curb as you're making a, a corner. What are you driving these days? What are you road testing? Uh, one of the things I drove very recently that I just finished the review of was the 2023 Hyundai Palisade Calligraphy. Oh, yeah. And, and it's, this is topical because we were talking about the Ram, which is really a luxury vehicle when properly equipped. And, and the Hyundai Palisade, which is their midsize crossover, can, can now be equipped to be extremely luxurious to the point where it's convincingly luxurious. And it's, it's somehow people don't cross shop Hyundai against things like like Lexus or Infinity, but they could and they should. Hmm. Why is it Palisades Calligraphy? I love the name Calligraphy. I think that's a beautiful name, but why is it double-named? One of the things that happened when they launched this vehicle back in 2019 is that people were buying the top trim levels. It was it was roomy and big and very nicely appointed, and Hyundai realized that they could sell a more luxurious version. Oh. So on top of the Limited, which had been the previous top version, mm-hmm. they launched the Calligraphy, which sounds classy to me, but that mm-hmm. is their, that's their new top trim level, and it is convincingly nice inside. Now, I'm going to hold you on Hyundai for a second, because anytime yeah. uh, we talk Hyundai... We have to, for a second, pause and talk about the problems because of the YouTube videos and people being able to get into uh, Hyundais and Kias and uh, and steal them. And some people are of the impression that this is all Hyundai products, but correct me if I'm wrong, it is limited to some specific models and years. Am I correct on that? It is, yeah. And the list is extensive and complicated, but it is... Um, limited to mostly the smaller, uh, well, all cars and the smaller crossovers. Mm-hmm. And it's to vehicles who have a key start. If you have push-button start, this doesn't apply to you. So, but, that, but what were the years? Like the 21, uh, 22? It, it goes back, as two, I think, as far as 2015 on some Kias, but mostly I think it's 2019 forward. 
for most Hyundais. Okay, because, uh, and my concern was, and Steve, I talked to you about this before, uh, was the the fact that maybe the criminal doesn't know what year this vehicle is, so they yeah. break into it anyway, and then they find out that it is it is a, a push-button start, and, and that's the one that you don't want, right? The push-button start, or do you want... No, you, you, you want the push-button push button start. start not yes. The, okay. Yes, right. you want it. All right. But, and then so they get angry because they can't steal this vehicle, so they trash it anyway. That's the horrible thing about this. And I'd spoken to a representative of the Chicago Police Department, and so many of these thefts aren't for any sort of financial gain. They're just for joyrides. Yeah. So yeah. There's not a lot of sense or, or logic to what's happening there. But, yeah, it seems like the people who steal these cars are perfectly happy to trash them, even if they yeah. can't drive it. Yeah. yeah your uh, partner in crime, uh, Jill Simonillo, just had an interesting uh-huh. post about what was the Kia she drove. It was the hybrid that she said she could drive from Chicago to Indianapolis and back without uh, on just one fill-up. Yeah. It's beautiful, too, the vehicle. Oh. Yeah, it was, I believe she was driving the Hyundai Sportage. I'm yes. sorry, Kia yes. Sportage. Yes. The Kia, Kia Sportage. Sportage, it is. Absolutely yeah. gorgeous yeah, Very nice compact crossover. It's available now in hybrid and plug-in hybrid trim. Um, but the fuel economy is very good on the hybrid, and, and the whole hybrid plug-in thing works so well on the plug-in hybrid version. It's an incredibly good vehicle. The only thing is, the key is you have to plug it in, because it doesn't make sense financially if you don't. Hmm. Now... Again, I'm going to hold you because some people are texting and saying uh, difference in hybrid and plug-in hybrid. Yeah, uh, so hybrid, I think most people know, now know how that works, and that's simply electric augmentation of the gasoline operation. So there's a battery on board, it drives a motor, and that battery is recharged uh, when you brake. Plug-in hybrid, bigger battery, you plug it in to charge that bigger battery, and what you get is a certain amount of electric range, and it operates just like a regular electric vehicle. But when you run out of battery, it becomes a hybrid vehicle, so there's still an engine and, and all that on board, and you still get good hybrid fuel economy. Okay. Uh, because you ain't born knowing this stuff. <laughs> That's why we turn to the experts, <laughs> yeah. like Tom Abell. And we've got some good questions coming in, too. Um, oh, in fact, uh, back to the business of the pickup trucks, a listener had texted to say that they had ordered a pickup truck, and when they went to pick it up, it did not have all the options that they had expected yeah. on Ship the vehicle. And is, it, is that going to change in the new year, Tom? Do you have a crystal ball? Do you think that this is going to change? Where the chip shortage- Yeah, that seems to be changing. In fact, interestingly, General Motors had a huge, a huge number. And part of the reason their sales surged in the last quarter was they finally got ships for, I think it was eighty or 90,000 parked Silverados that were waiting for chips. So mm-hmm. those got finished, the, the build on those finished, and they delivered those. But I think we're going to be seeing less and less than that. Now, I'm driving... Right now at the office, just got in a Mercedes-Benz EQB, which is the electric um, electric compact crossover. And there were four options on that vehicle, that, or four features on that vehicle that were removed, and there were credit delete <laughs> credits on the Monroney for those missing features. Was it, hey, hey, was it like $50? $50? Uh, One of them is eight hundred dollars, and I'm really a list of what's been removed from the car. Oh, because we were uh, car shopping, like, and and it literally they would have fifty dollars for the uh, the automatic yeah. the, the lift automatic gate. lift gate. Yeah, yeah, fifty. And we thought, what? What? Huh? Fifty dollars? <laughs> yeah. Well, we got to take a quick break. We're talking cars with Tom Appel. More coming up. Stay with us at WGN. Yeah.
Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. We'll get back with Tom Appel in just a couple minutes. But uh, we were, we've been kind of watching the weather because the, the, the forecasts were sort of, it's going to snow, it's not going to snow, what's going to happen this I weekend? I just want some sunshine. That's all I want. And we figured this gave us an excuse to talk to a guy, since we now have our own radio show on a weekend, <laughs> a guy that we watch on the weekends, and we've wanted an excuse to, to meet him and get him on the radio. And he's with WGN, and he's Mike Jansen. Hey, Mike, how you doing? I am doing well. How uh, are you this evening? Uh-oh, I think I think everything just melted. The tower melted with Mike's voice. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, it's a pleasure to meet you. We are big fans, and thank you for stopping by and joining us tonight. Are we ever going to see the sun? That's what I need to know. It, it looks like probably on Monday we'll become partly cloudy. Um, you know, the problem is we are into this cycle now where we keep the clouds around, during the day so we don't warm up and uh at night the clouds stay around so we don't cool off a great deal so we've got this and we actually have a temperature inversion so you go higher up in the atmosphere and you'll actually find warmer air which is different than what you normally would find and uh, so the clouds just get trapped and we can't get rid of them um the good news i guess if there is anything because we don't cool off very much at night we've actually been warmer than average but and this was something that I found quite interesting today, uh, was that so far in the first seven days of the month, we have had roughly 90 minutes of sunshine. Okay. Sounds right to me. That's why we're leaving our Christmas decorations up. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the way it, it feels like uh, the holidays are just going to continue for quite some time, right? Because we just can't get rid of the uh, the, the cloud cover, and uh, but we haven't had any snow. So you yeah. don't have to shovel the clouds, I guess. It's about the only <laughs> But we did have that that period where it was kind of snaky in some areas because the rain was slicking up the road. That's bad news. And we had fog a couple mornings. That's also really bad news. Uh, but at least we're not shoveling it. So that's good news. Yeah. And, and the thing is, you know, we did have that snow and that cold right before uh, the Christmas holiday weekend. And, of course, it was very cold, but that didn't last. I mean, it literally was a matter of days, and we were already – well above average talking about getting into the 50s and all the snow was gone and um at times i feel like i could look out my window and i, I think my lawn may be confused on what exactly is going on like almost <laughs> yeah, yeah. instead <laughs> yes. of brown it's weird it is really weird yeah. and, and we also have little animals that don't normally frolic this time of the year they're usually huddled in their little but we got a bunch of rabbits running up and down our street and i said i know steve they think they're going to chew into my christmas lights and make me very angry (laughs) (laughs) oh i took advantage of one of the warmer days there right after the holidays Mm. i i went out there and got the the lights off the the trees and everything right after uh new year's day Mm -hmm. um but yeah i mean it's been one of those where you're not needing the super heavy coat we haven't had those really cold days We've done that as of recently, um, have these relatively mild winters where you maybe stick uh, a few cold weeks in there. That'd be about it. You don't have to go back but a year or two. And, you know, we had a very mild winter. And then we had the last week of um, January and the first two weeks of February where it basically snowed every day. Mm-hmm. And while it did that, we ended up putting almost as much snow in those three weeks as you would an entire season. Uh, we were running out of places to put the snow, and then it turned around and m- warmed up, and that was it. And that yeah. basically was our winter season. So maybe <laughs> we'll do that again this year. We cram all of winter into three weeks. I don't know <laughs> if that's what people want. Um, I, I actually have this feeling now from running into more people 
very much like yourself. They would really like to see the sunshine. And if we are not going to see, you know, we didn't see much snow right around the holidays. Now that I think everybody's ready to jump into spring, Mm -hmm. but we are just getting into the heart of our coldest time of year. We got a lot of winter left, as everyone around here knows. It can sometimes linger until at least the Cubs home opener. That's yeah. when we oh, sure. Yeah. Well, Mike, you got to have something nasty for most times. Yeah. Well, Mike, I, I know you are the expert, but I have a prediction and I have a question for you. How long have you been in the Chicago area? I have been working at WGN for 12 years, moved back here in 2008. I actually grew up in Kankakee County, mm-hmm. so okay. I'm very familiar with mm-hmm. uh, with the area we're growing up here. Okay, that, the reason I'm asking is because over the years, I have discovered there is one one thing, uh, one time of the year that I can predict the weather, and it is February, with the arrival of the Chicago Auto Show. Oh. We are going to have hellacious snow blizzard <laughs> storms. Blizzard. It's going to be the, yeah. the uh, uh, snowmageddon for the auto show. <laughs> That's right. It, it makes the folks at Coat Check work a lot harder because <laughs> everybody's coming in with about six layers on. <laughs> and uh, everything is wet when they first walk in because they're, you know, they're kicking snow off of their feet and everything. Um, yeah, you know, we, we've had uh, two occasions where you've been right around Groundhog Day mm-hmm. where it's know the beat the band where you've had blizzards going on and that's been in the last 10 years and so uh yeah february can be what just you know january is you know annually or you know on average our coldest and our snowiest months but boy february can really just knock us around and and i think part of it is as well if your january has been relatively quiet um you get into february and i think sometimes our you know our we start to get a little you know, we're thinking everything's okay. Our guard goes down just a little mm-hmm. bit. Later, we get into the year. You're like, ah, oh, well, you know, January wasn't too bad. We were warmer than average, whatever <laughs> it may be. And then here comes February with that reminder uh, that, you know, spring isn't here until the, the third week of March. So just a little reminder there that it can be so unpleasant. But, yeah, hopefully this year, maybe this year, you know, the crowds, you know, are going to be getting bigger and bigger, you know, after returning after the yeah. pandemic and everything. Uh, you'd hope that they'll have just wall-to-wall folks at the at the auto show, and they won't be walking in looking like the Michelin Man because they have so many huge coats on. <laughs> I love that description, but it's so That's, accurate. It is, especially with puffer coats, big old yeah. puffer coats. Yep. Well, Mike Jensen, a pleasure to talk with you on the radio. Thank you for stopping by tonight. I hope we can uh, say hello in person sometime. Well, that would be great. I certainly do appreciate you having me on. Have yourself a good night. Thanks. Good Thanks, night. Thanks, Mike. That's Mike Jansen. Uh, you can follow him. Uh, I'm on his Twitter page right now. It's uh, twitter.com slash WX. And he's got his seven-day forecast. And, and I'm not uh, kidding. The tower just kind of leaned oh, yeah. a little bit when he started talking. Yeah. That man, w- when he's on television, I giggle every time because I know somebody goes, whoa, whoa, Mike's and, in the and house. And the, the woofers in your speakers <laughs> yes. start to rattle because they realize Mike Jansen is, <laughs> is speaking. Well... We are here till 2 o'clock in the morning. we got a whole bunch of ground to cover, and we have Waiting in the Wings, our buddy Tom Appel, our car guy. We're going to get to some car news, car leases, and specific car information. 312-981-7200 is the number that you're texting and calling, so stay with us here on WGN. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. Jackie Bronson, Rocket 88. Actually, it was Ike Turner's band. 
And Ike was never happy because Sam Phillips and Chess Records, uh, they both put the name Jackie Bronson on the uh, oh. the label, and, and Ike Turner was not mentioned. And he, Ike was a very unhappy camper for a long time. There's a lot that Ike was unhappy about in his life, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like his wife and her success and everybody else's success. And Andrew correctly reminded me it's Jackie Brinston. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was thinking then came Bronson, Michael Parks. He was actually the uh, saxophone player in the band, but he was a better singer than Ike. Yeah. If you don't mind me jumping yeah, in no, there. Yeah, no, I'm glad you did. Yeah. As I okay. said earlier, with a cast of characters, we can come up with complete thoughts. Well, you you, you had my attention when you start playing Rocket 88. <laughs> Maybe yeah. the first rock and roll song of all time. Yeah. And the first one with fuzz tone because they had a broken amplifier. So Listen to you. And I, 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 wonder, I wonder if you would agree. I think there is a book that no one has ever written. It would be the connection between Sam Phillips and the Chess Brothers. The, some of the records that were recorded down in Memphis, released here in Chicago. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had a, a connection that went for many, many years. Mm-hmm. And there's a, a, and they were fighting the major companies too. Yeah, they were small. They were little. They they, they couldn't really compete with them. But they had the uh, the talent scouts. Uh, Ike Turner was a talent scout uh, yeah. for. Uh, uh, for Sam Phillips for a long time too. He, uh, for all of his shortcomings, and we all know those, uh, he was very important in rock and roll and music history oh, down there in the true. Delta. Yeah. Absolutely. See, we digress, but we will do that a lot. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> that, no, that's why, no. We, that's why do, we have five not, hours. Do not say you're sorry. That, no. that's, that's what this show is going to be I all about. I just had to jump in. Please. And I'm, I'm glad you did. And remind me next week, because, uh, well, maybe we'll have time in the next hour. Uh, online. Ron did a real interesting post about Jimmy Reed, mm-hmm. and I promised to tell him a story about Jimmy Reed. So we'll get to that a little and later. And John Lee Hooker. And John My Lee Hooker, yes. yes. But now we segue back to Tom Appel. You still there, Tom? <laughs> I am indeed. Good. <laughs> and, but you have an interesting library of car songs, too. Sometimes We should let you pick the, pick the car songs for our bumps next time we have you on. Ooh. Yeah. I, okay. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Well, Tom Appel is our car guy. Can I take you to a, a, a text from a listener who yeah. has a 36-month car lease that is going to end in four months? Car prices have skyrocketed since my lease started. Boy, isn't that the truth yeah. in the 36 months? Yeah. So, Tom, do you have any suggestions on getting a good deal on my next lease? No, and the likelihood of getting a good deal on a lease right now is not very good. One of the things, leasing consumed about 30, 35% of the market when things were normal. And things aren't normal now. And two things are happening to sort of depress that section of the, the purchase spectrum. And, and part of what's happening is that manufacturers, especially luxury manufacturers, used to hide discounts in leases by what they called subventing the, lows, subventing the loan or artificially raising the price of the trade-in at the end of the lease. Um, and that was very popular with luxury vehicles, and that would drive down the cost of the lease. But the other thing that's happening now, too, is that manufacturers and lenders don't want to lease so much because they're concerned about residual values. Things are very expensive now. They may not be very expensive in 36 or 24 or 36 months months, and they might get burned with a, with, a, with a high residual. And if they don't go with the high residual, it's just going to be an expensive lease that no one wants. Now, jargon alert, what so do leasing, you mean by high residual? That's the, that's the established value of the vehicle at the end of the lease, oh. and that's how 
so you have the, your initial price and your residual price, and the gap is what your payments are based on. Mm-hmm. And if that residual is too low, um, your payments are very high. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it's just not a good climate for leasing right now, hmm. unfortunately. That, that, am I correct that, that, that this is, for a while, we've been in a period where whether it is a new car or a used car, chances are very good you're going to pay sticker price or real close to it Mm -hmm. because you're not getting a whole lot of discounts right now. That dovetails perfectly with a texter who said, is it possible to even dicker with car salespeople nowadays? Because apparently this person's been out car shopping and and they just don't want to hear it. You know, it's what's on the sticker. That's it. Yeah, and and I think at the beginning of the year, something like 90% of vehicles were going for sticker price or higher. That number has slipped a little because because, uh, the inventory of vehicles on the lots has grown. So there's a little bit more choice out there, and and prices are just a little bit more negotiable, but they're still high. Um, And and if you think the price is too high, even in this climate, just go to another dealer because you Mm -hmm. can always negotiate um, or at least try. But isn't one of the, the odd things about the chip shortage... The chip shortage can actually help you negotiate a lower-than-sticker price if the car you're looking at doesn't have everything you wanted on the car and that was listed to be on the car, even though they're saying, well, I'll give you $50 off here or $50 off there or whatever, you can still negotiate a little bit there using that as leverage. Hmm. Sure, yeah. Anything you can find as leverage, you you should take to the battle, I think. Um, But that is a good point. There are vehicles out there that should be worth just a little bit less because they're not exactly what you want. Something's missing. Mm -hmm. Um, And and certainly, yeah, I would would absolutely take that. Shouldn't you be able to take some depreciation for a 22 now that we're in 23? Because we found when we were car shopping in December, it was all about a brand new car, and it was a 22. And Mm -hmm. we had one dealer say, well, it was just built in September of this year. So it is a new car. I said, yeah, but it's still, when I drive it off the lot, it's a year old in, in yeah. January. You know, funny problem. Johnny, you've got a funny problem there, too. Um, lenders are going to lend you less money on a year-old car, regardless of whether or not it's brand new. Really? Um, Yes, you may have to come up with more down payment in that particular circumstance. So you're hoping you can get a deal to compensate for a car being 12 months old, but that may not always be the case. And that might be a hard car to sell and a hard car to buy. That that was one of the many reasons that we were glad the car we wound up buying was a 23. Yeah. Because it took that out of the equation. Well, after a couple of months of shopping, I felt like I just wanted a 23 at that point. Yeah. I was like, no, I'm not going to settle for a car that's a year old. And I understand if it was just made. I understand that completely. Uh, the things that I did not understand, and I allow me to just vent for a moment, because I know the industry is changing dramatically, and I'm sure that there are dealers listening, and there's some wonderful people out there. But you need to dress like a professional. Yep. I am sick of going into a dealership to pay an enormous enormous amount of money for a vehicle and talk to a a person who's wearing clothes that you would wear to the gym i think that's inappropriate and please turn down the damn music i do not understand the music and i love music but why is it we went to four different dealerships and the music was so annoying at one point, we were yelling over music to talk to a salesperson. And the receptionist would say, what? what? And yet she refused to turn the... And again, we lo- you're talking to two people who love 
music, all kinds yeah. of music. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. in that environment, kind of turn it down just a little bit. Just a little bit, so you don't have to shout. And, and the other thing, and we've talked about this before, we go in as a couple, talk to both of yes. us. yes. There are still dealerships, and we we walked out of some where they would be talking to me and not paying attention to anything that Johnny had to say. Well, how about a friend of ours put on Facebook? She took her Volt. A Volt requires oil change, right? Mm-hmm. She took yep. her Volt in to get an oil change, and the guy behind the counter says, "Oh, basically, if you read between the lines, oh dear, there's no oil in your car." And she said, excuse me, I have a Volt, as a V as in Victor, not a Bolt, B as in boy. And he just kind of chuckled, oh. And she says, I was seething mad because the next guy that walked up to that very same man didn't know what that light was on his dash. And that was his bright light indicator. (laughs) But he didn't laugh at him. And she just Uh, ran and I said, yeah, sing it, girl, sing it. (laughs) One of the other things I I saw, and I've seen this in a couple uh, discussion groups online, some people are wondering, should they buy a a hybrid vehicle? Should they go with an electric vehicle? Should they buy a regular gas-powered vehicle? What is happening with the industry? And if you buy that gasoline-powered vehicle, is that going to depreciate more in a few years if the industry is moving toward all battery-powered vehicles? What's your take? That is a great question, and actually I've seen that as one of the reasons why uh, gasoline-powered vehicles are more difficult to lease right now uh, to stay topical, and that's that there's some concern about the future value of gasoline-powered vehicles. Um, it, right now, it's looking like demand for electric vehicles may increase dramatically in the near future. People are, in fact, warming up to them, and it, it's possible that trying to resell a gasoline-powered vehicle in a few years might be difficult. That might drive down the price. Hmm. Interesting, at the CES this week, uh, some of the car news that they had was uh, the Alexa will be able to find your charging station for you. You just say, Alexa, find me a charging station. And I think, oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. The other cool thing I thought from CES was, I think it's a BMW that will change colors. Uh-huh. So if you don't know exactly what yeah. color you want, it will change colors for you. Wouldn't that make it... Yeah, the BMW... No, I'm sorry. It's the BMW iVision D, D-E-E. And yeah, it's it's fun to watch. Wouldn't should that make it even harder to find where you parked your car in the parking lot? <laughs> it's digital emotional something or other, D-E-E. Experience. Experience, yeah. yes. I love that. What happens when you drive it through the car wash? <laughs> it's like a rainbow colors. <laughs> It's wild. It's very Those colors run. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it it makes me think of the Jetsons. Uh, you know, I recently read uh, one hundred years ago there were predictions made for this year what we would be doing in this year, and it's funny that there was absolutely convinced that we would be flying around in cars. I think we're pretty advanced, but <laughs> I don't see that happening anytime but soon. But oddly enough, I've seen, and maybe you have, Tom, uh, some things online where that actually is in the not-too-distant future. Oh, yeah. yeah. There are different car manufacturers dabbling in this. I don't see this as any sort of reasonable um, 
reasonable thing for the United States. But you could see it happening in places like the Middle East or places where there's sparser population uh, where that sort of thing might work. But, yeah, ever, ever since drone technology caught on, it seems like it's important for a manufacturer to pretend like they're working on flying cars, <laughs> like stockholders like that or something. I love that attitude, too. <laughs> a listener says it's funny about the model year argument with the dealer. If you trade in a vehicle, they they will use that 2022 and deduct more. Yeah, so. they'll, yeah they'll ding you for it, but they won't give you anything for it. I don't want them to ding my car. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tom is kind enough to join us once a month, and we will take uh, all your calls and your texts, and we'll get down to whatever's new in the car world. And Tom is always in a different car, so he'll tell us about what that particular car is, and we'll ask you to listen to his podcast, too. And again, if people want to follow you or get in touch with you, where do they go? What do they do? Yeah, go to consumerguide.com, and I'm carguytom, car underscore guy underscore Tom on Twitter. All righty. Thank you underscore tom <laughs> underscore me yeah all right thank and, you and, and, and remember it's a four note cadillac oh horn, stop tom. it oh I'm, I'm writing that down i'm writing that <laughs> okay down. and your assignment you are picking the automotive bumps for the next time we talk to you awesome all awesome right. thank okay. you tom. looking forward to that Good thanks night. tom more coming up stay with us at wgn well welcome in on a saturday night I am Johnny, he is Steve, and this is WGN Radio. You can get to us at 312-981-7200. And I want to give a shout out to Colorado and Maryland and Washington and Wisconsin and Florida, all checking in on the text line to say that they're listening tonight. And even Hampshire, Illinois is listening. The mayor of Hampshire is tuned in. (laughs) Right, Mike? Wink, wink. Uh, Aurora (laughs) is listening, my old stomping grounds and um we appreciate all your wonderful texts uh, to the listener who said we're like a pair of comfy slippers what a nice compliment and then there's sweet becky who's been hanging on just to say hi and becky how are you tonight hello becky oops what happened to becky <laughs> and just as we went to her we- and she was holding on for so long yes bless her heart and literally we went to her she got scared and the phone line went blank. Oh. Oh, Becky, we hardly knew ye. Andrew, that's sad. Oh. She well, said, no, I'm just listening. I'll hang on. Well, anyway, well, thank it, you, Becky, for your... Look, I, I think we may have her back. <laughs> Golly. Okay. Did you drop her? Are you the one that did it? I... Are you sure? Did you whoop, sir? I don't think I whooped, sir. <laughs> you didn't whoop, sir? Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Becky, did I whoops you? Behold, you said you have been listening to the program. It's just been fantabulous. Well, thank you, Well, thank you. You said that just the way we wrote it. I'm an extended family, and I feel like I'm going to go back to my 80s where I learned computers from Patrick Crispin. That's right. Yes, didn't we all learn computers? Because remember, we used to say, you ain't born knowing this stuff. And Patrick's going to be joining us in the next hour. Yes, he is. Yeah. I would love to have a skin a lady like we had up in Alaska. That was the, uh, yeah. the engineer. Oh, our our buddy Fran Tate. Fran Tate. Yes. Sadly, yes. sadly, yes, Fran. Fran Tate. Yes. Sadly, maybe Fran passed. find another uh, person out there that's similar to, to Fran. Oh, no, no, no. No, that, that, no. That, that, there was only one Fran yeah, Tate, Becky, and sadly she passed away a few they years broke ago. The mold. Like, I know she did. Yeah. I know she did. Well... Have a wonderful time, 
thank you. I'm very grateful that you're back on board. Oh, bless your heart. Well, thank, thank you, you. Becky. And we're I very grateful it. that you're, <laughs> you're very listening. patient and hanging out with us. <laughs> and I okay. would I, I would like to mention, too, because a couple of people have texted about Fran. And every time we do this show, they'll ask us, oh, what's up with Fran Tate? And uh, she was quite the character. Oh, my gosh. And we should explain, again, for people who are, who are new to us, Fran Tate, uh, one night years ago, it was really, really cold. And we said, well, you know, it is so cold here. This has to be the coldest place. Uh, and we found out there was one place that was colder. Part of the was, United States. It was Barrow, Alaska. Top of the world. So we called up to Barrow, Alaska. To the police department. And the police department said, you need to talk to Fran Tate. <laughs> we said, we never heard. We don't know who Fran Tate is. Well, come to find out, Fran is the only guest that Johnny Carson ever canceled all of the rest of his guests for on The Tonight Show. And the best of Carson, you see her, too. Fran was a an engineer who went up to work on the Alaska pipeline. When she got up there in Barrow, Alaska, she found out that they didn't have any restaurants, so she started a restaurant. They didn't have any good uh, water delivery systems, so yeah. she started that. Uh, she started, I, basically, she... Oh, she had the sanitation department. Yes. The elephant pot sanitation department. So she, as she'd like to say, she put it in you and then took it out of you. And we would, uh, she was such a wonderful character. We wound up calling her about oh. once a month. Our listeners became so enamored of her that they started sending her gifts. She had an actual display case in her white tablecloth restaurant, Peppy's North of the Border, and it was filled with items that people in the lower 48 had sent her and fran was the kind of person that could never take anything from anyone without giving back so she called us one time and she said i want to pay your listeners back and she said uh, i want to do something for you and for your listeners she said what's your favorite charity and we said well children's memorial hospital fran at her own expense flew down from barrow alaska dressed up as the Easter Bunny, and we took Fran around to the kids in Children's Memorial Hospital, and she gave out presents to the kids. That she had purchased hundreds, hundreds of plush Easter bunnies. And we just followed her with a wagon, and the Easter Bunny hopped floor after floor after floor in every room. And it was just amazing, and that was her way of saying thank you to Chicago. And and we did this for several years in a row. Yeah. And uh, Fran was just a, a wonderful, wonderful person. And uh, again, sadly, uh, there was a fire at her restaurant years ago, and she had problems with diabetes. She and openly sadly, talked about she passed away. Yeah, she talked about her diabetes on the radio and just warning people about how serious diabetes was. And after the fire took her restaurant, her uh, health was, well, it was kind of tenuous for a while there. And then finally she just said, yeah. This is it. I've had a good life, yeah. a really good life. She was married multiple times. Uh, there's a great book written about Fran called Tacos on the Tundra. And I think you can still find the book. Yeah, yeah. So, again, thank you for asking about her because it's nice to remember her and to remind you of the really special people that were a part of our show for all those years. Uh, I think I'm doing an audible. Uh, we're a little behind schedule, so why don't we take a break now and then we'll get to our next guest coming out of the break. So stay with us. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. I just realized I got the shakes playing that song. I know. Because, again, for those of you who are new to the show and don't know the, the history, 
uh, years ago, 1990, Yep. we were going on our first vacation over to England. As we were getting ready to leave, that's the last song we played before we were going to leave. Yes, it's true. And we found out later that a listener had a very strange feeling when we played that song, and she wanted to try to get to us. She wasn't able to. Long story short, our second day in England, we're on a double-decker bus. Johnny gets off the bus. I'm in mid-step trying to get off the bus. Apparently, the driver thought the uh, bus was empty. He floors it, pulls out. I'm thrown down, and uh, I now have three screws in my my hip. Broken hip, broken elbow. And the listener wrote to us, and we got the letter when we got back. She said, when I heard that song, a chill just came over me. I just knew something bad was going to happen. So from then on, we said when we were traveling, anybody got any bad vibes? Let us know before we go, please. (laughs) But speaking of bad vibes, uh, there are some weird vibes coming out of uh, Mm. England these days. And particularly, I believe it's going to be on 60 Minutes Sunday night. We're going to see an interview with Harry about his new book. His new book called Spare, and anytime anything coming out of England gets our attention, we have to go to our our England watcher, the guy that lives in England when he's not in Chicago. It just happens that he came back from England today. He is Fred Weintraub. Fred, how are you tonight? I'm good. How are you guys? Good. Are, good. Do you get a little bit of a jet lag from just getting home? Just a bit. Got off the plane a couple of hours ago. Mm-hmm. And true story, I was in a cab, and cab driver said, what are you doing tonight? And I said, well, in a couple hours, I'm going to be on with Stephen Johnny at WGN. And a smile went over this cab driver's <laughs> face. And as I listened to parts of your first two hours, I think that a lot of people in Chicagoland and around the country really do have a smile on their face because you guys are back on Saturday night and it's really good. And oh, it's good oh for thank a, you. For thank a toxic you. world that we're in at times, you make life a lot better for a lot oh, of people. Boy. And you should know that. Thank well, you. Thank you. Well, speaking of toxin and toxic relationships, holy smoke, could they get any worse between Harry and William and this new book, Spare, that was leaked. I guess it was leaked in Spain. They put it out on the bookshelves when it wasn't supposed to be put out until Monday. And you have to wonder, was that actually uh, on purpose or what's going on here? Yeah. What are you hearing when you were over there about the release of the book? Well, what you really hear from the standpoint of when you're in the U.K. is... People are really sick of Meghan and Harry because they think that they've gone about things in a totally wrong, disrespectful way, disrespectful to the late queen, disrespectful to the now king. And I think people are fed up. Now, as I say that to you, in putting it in perspective, the UK has its own set of problems right now because everything is going on strike. When you see a headline in the UK that says, if you're having a heart attack or a stroke, get into a cab or see if you could walk to a hospital. Those are really serious problems. The the, the dirt that Harry and Meghan and the swirling of gossip that's going around is, you know, you've got to put that you've got to put that all in perspective. That all being said, you know, Harry's coming out with his book. They talk a big game about they want to lead a private life in California. 
And if you want to lead a private life, you're entitled to do that. And if you don't want to be a part of the royal family and you want your privacy, you're also entitled to do that. But then you don't go to Netflix and mm. cut a deal for 80 billion, 80 million pounds, which is $100 million. Mm. And he's going to generate another 20 to 40 million on four books that he's committed to to write. So you've got to think uh, you can't have your cake and eat it too. Yeah. And that's what they're trying to do. And well, you know that the part of the deal had to be, okay, we'll sign the contract, but you got to give us some dirt. And if he didn't want to come up with some dirt, and, and I don't know, obviously I don't know anything about his personal finances, but I don't think he needed the money. Why, why do you why? think he decided to do this? Well, I think it does go back to the fact that Harry is, you know, he's scarred, and and rightfully so, because the royal family has to act a certain way in public. And when you go back to the funeral of his mother, and you can read it in the excerpts of the book now, that he was not allowed to cry mm-hmm. when he was meeting the public and when he was walking behind the casket. The same thing is true for for William. And literally until they were in a private setting where Charles and the two boys buried Diana, they could not let out their emotions. So now you get this whole feeling of he's had this built up yeah. uh, trauma throughout his whole life. And now it's coming out in ways that it's coming out in a book. It's coming out in an interview. And the saddest part about the whole thing is whether you're on the side of these guys are making a ton of money and they're branding and they're telling their side of the, their part of the story. They're not ripping, you know, you look at the royal family in two ways. In one way, you're looking at it as a business, and then you're looking at it as a family. Mm -hmm. From a business standpoint, Harry is very naive if he thinks that he or Meghan can do anything to bring down the royal family or anything they say is going to shake the royal family. Is it going to cause Charles a problem? Well, bad PR doesn't help anybody. Mm -hmm. But the saddest part is... He's ripped a, a, a real hole between a relationship with uh, w- with his brother, and, yeah. and that's the saddest part of the whole thing. Well, one of the things, though, you, you talk about him being scarred. Uh, he writes in the book about being considered the spare that Charles apparently said to Diana when he was born, thank you for giving me an heir and a spare. And he was told as a child he was the spare. That's some heavy junk to live with. Now, I've been Team Harry all along. I've been so sympathetic. But now I'm reading that he apparently writes quite a bit of detail about when he was in the service and how he killed 25 Taliban. And he called them like chess players. And so now the Taliban is ticked off. And now they're saying, wait, Harry, that was stupid. They're going to come after you. Mm-hmm. You had a, you know, you had a, uh, an X on your back anyway, but now they're really ticked off. I, I think, right. why, why doesn't he have people around him saying, okay, you, you need to do this maybe because it's cathartic and maybe you need a couple million extra bucks. I don't know, but... You shouldn't be writing about the things that are going to jeopardize you and your family even more. That's I, yeah. it's they're, baffling. They're just they're just not making good decisions, no. and you would think that some of it it feels like some of it is just out of uh, of desperation. And you know he's going to go down as as a good soldier who who was prideful, you know, towards his country and really put yeah. his 
you know, he put his life on the line, as did millions of other UK men and women who went to war. And then all of a sudden he come out, comes out and he's kind of, I wouldn't say he's bragging, but there's certain things that you just don't talk about. Yeah. And he doesn't, you know, he's not making smart moves from yeah. that standpoint. Yeah. Just as Prince Andrew didn't make a smart move when he had that, you know, when he did that interview in, you know, a couple of years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the best thing to do in life is to just keep your mouth shut and live your let life. Let the wave go yeah. through. That's what the royal family does really well. That's what Queen Elizabeth, the late Queen Elizabeth, did really well. Is she listened to what people were saying at times? She knew where she was making mistakes, and you readjust. But you don't readjust in public when you're a public figure. Yeah. You readjust in private, and then you bring it out publicly. So and the, the, the book the, the was mo- account, You know, the book was. The book was leaked and in 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 Spain, and now it's going to be out next week. And there are already the, the excerpts that are out, and it's going to create drama, and it's going to create money for Harry and Meghan, and and it's going to be a bestseller. And, it will be, and it will be. And as I say to you, people in the UK are are sick of hearing about it, and I think there's a certain percentage of people in the states that are sick of hearing about it. When you look at the Netflix numbers of how many people watched the first uh, the first night of the Netflix mm-hmm. series? Mm-hmm. It was huge. Millions of people oh, yeah. watched it. Yeah. So let's not be naive and think that they're not generating an audience for Netflix. Yeah. Oh, 60 Netflix Minutes is going to be... exactly what they're doing. 60 Minutes and Good Morning America are going to be huge, too. But the more that I hear about the book... Uh, the more I'm convinced that, boy, there's a whole lot of blame to go around for everybody. Yeah. I, I don't see any heroes or heroines in this. Uh, it seems like, wow, what a dysfunctional family. Yeah, yeah. There are no there are no heroes in this. All this that's coming out is it just puts them all in a bad situation that. They should have dealt with as a family privately and as a business privately, and and they didn't do it. And you're hearing parts of stories. Some of it, you know, and some of it's ridiculous. Let's let's be honest. There are serious things going on in the world, and no one cares if you know Megan made Kate cry or Kate made Megan cry. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just or- silliness and doesn't really add any legitimacy to their any of their brands you're no psychiatrist but just a, a layman's guess how much does their status add to the psychological pressure that all of them deal with and complicate whatever relations they might try to have well, I think it adds a it adds a lot because they've got this public pressure of being this formal family, and then they have this you know you know a private life where they want to be able to go to have Christmas dinner at Windsor and not have have the press around them, and that's been the problem all along. Is that you know. Charles married the wrong person because he should never have married Diana. He should have mm-hmm. married the person that he was that he was in in love with. And so, it, you know, it all starts there. You you read in the in the book and you see on the, the excerpts from the interview that Harry feels like the the royal family never really protected Meghan and and Harry. Yeah. 
But from a business standpoint, they're going to protect Charles and they're going to protect yeah. William yeah. because they're the, they're, they're the heir. person yeah. on the throne and the heir yeah. to the throne. Yeah. And the challenge that one thing that you brought up with Steve with with a spear is they always have a rough time because they're they're kind of like a boat that is just is just drifting at sea, and unless they find a purpose in their life. Their life is not overly fulfilling. Now, many members of the royal family have found purpose. Uh, you know, the Princess Royal Anne, she mm-hmm. does more public engagements and they raise more money for charity than than almost any group. Meghan and Harry can do the same thing because they've got that power, yeah. both in the United not really now in the United States, to keep doing good things, like to keep raising money for charity. But it seems like every time they take two steps forward, they go back a step, yeah. which isn't helpful yeah it's also sad on that note uh people will be watching tonight on 60 minutes the book is going to come out and uh and it gave us an excuse to catch up with you fred just as you landed coming back to chicago so welcome back home thank you fred i'm always glad to be here and always glad to talk to you guys thank you more coming up stay with us at wgn Well, boys and girls, once again, it's time for us to take a look at those who inhabit the world inside the big and small screens and find out just how big or small they really are. And now with all the pertinent poop, here is the pertinent poopmeister, his own bad self, Gino, 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 the the showbiz showbiz machino. You know, I noticed that normally you would, in two showbiz trains, you would start the intro. Were you trying to remember it again? Or? Yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, if I hear showbiz train one more time, maybe maybe I'm not going to be on. I don't no, know. Listen, Gino, literally, Steve was shaving the other day, and he steps out of the bathroom with shaving cream on his face, and I he said, goes, I just remembered it. It came to me. And I go, What? In a dream, in a very scary dream. And, and, and we should, again, because people are listening to us for the first time, if you don't know what the heck we're talking about, well, obviously we don't either. But for for years, that was how we introduced Gino yes. with our, our showbiz report. Every, every Wednesday night at, what about? 345? Uh, something right? like that? Yes. Because you were up to... Getting up for radio... Now I go to bed at 8.30, and I had to stay up until 11.30 tonight, which was not easy. And we should also explain for the for people who are saying, well, just who is this Gino guy? He's the entertainment reporter for Fox 6 in Milwaukee and the Dish Network, and uh, he's nice enough to join us and, and dish. <laughs> I love dishing with you guys, and uh, let me see. What did I want to start with? Okay, so you know I always used to give gifts. To people I interviewed. Oh, right? fabulous yeah. gifts. Right. Yes. 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 So I was interviewing Guillermo del Toro in New York for the movie Pinocchio. Oh, yeah. Which it's taken him 12 years to make this movie. All right. Mm-hmm. So it's stop animation. And I had in my collection a Gumby and Pokey signed by the creator, Art Cloakey. Oh. And I gave that to Guillermo. And he watched Gumby and Pokey in Mexico as a boy. And he was so touched by it that he grabbed the script. They had given us a hard copy uh, of the script. And he drew a caricature of himself with his autograph on it. And I'm having it framed. It is so beautiful. I'm going to send oh, it to you. Oh, you my can, gosh. You can take a look. Oh, all that's these, cool. I, all these years, I love Gumby and Pokey, and you never offered it to me. <laughs> 
<laughs> I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Do you have no, any? I got to know Art Clokey in the 80s. You did? Uh, he came through town. Yes. And he also did, of course, Davy and Goliath. You can't forget that. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and who was the voice of Goliath? Oh, I don't know. Oh, I should know that. Uh, um, Davy? <laughs> You, you, you were he okay. Played, <laughs> he played a famous character on a beloved sitcom in the sixties. Oh, no, I don't know. I'll that. give you the sitcom, the Andy Griffith Show. What? Otis. Yes. <laughs> Otis the drunk was all. He did all the male voices on Davy and Goliath. No, all of them. Yes, Davy's dad. Uh, Goliath the dog and any other male that was uh, on that show. Wow, wow! If we're if people, I once took it. Go ahead. If, if you didn't grow up with this show it, and you saw it today, you'd go, "Oh, <laughs> I mean, it looks very yeah. primitive." So does Gumby and right. Pokey, and I mean, but they're wonderful and they're important to us. So don't write to me and tell me how stupid they are because they're very important to us, <laughs> right? You know. <laughs> Exactly. Look, as a, a Catholic boy, a good Catholic boy, I'd wake up at 6.30 in the morning on Sunday mornings to watch Davy and Goliath for oh. its lessons. Yes, it's wonderful lessons. But uh, What was the television? Did you get the television show? Uh, where, um, it was a treehouse. Um, it was on Sunday mornings, too. And I think it... Well, it, that was here oh. in Chicago. Uh, uh, with, uh, what was her name? No, 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 uh, it was a man. It was a, it, it had, like, a Jewish theme to it. Oh, you're thinking of, uh... Oh, golly. I don't know this. Our listeners will. As we uh, said, thank I God we have on, them. <laughs> I think it was on Channel 7 very early on it Sunday It was very mornings. early in the morning, and I was so fascinated by it. And this grown man would be in the treehouse, and I think we would get Jewish lessons, yeah, much like you right. would get Christian Catholic lessons on Sunday morning as well. Again. Okay, I'm going to keep this story clean, because there was a, a childhood TV host that I always wondered about what happened to him, and I, I tracked him down in the... Uh, in the 90s, and he was in his 90s, okay? Yeah. He was as old as could be and frail, and I took him out for lunch, and he asked me a question that was so obscene <gasps> that I couldn't believe it. So when I interviewed Robin Williams for the movie Death to Smoochie, where he played a, a children's show host, I told him this story, and Robin started to laugh so hard that he got tears in his eyes, and then he became this children's show host, oh, no. asking kids to sign waivers. And no, <laughs> you know, we don't need to tell mom and dad about what, what happened. Here oh, no. <laughs> you know, that reminds me and see if you know where I'm going. I won't name the clown, but having lunch with a particular clown yep. who would make your hair curl. Wow. <laughs> could he tell In the story? In his full makeup and uh, smoking. Yeah. And uh, telling, telling blue jokes. Oh, yep. man. Yep, that was a wow. moment. By the way, our can audience... I, can I ask this? What? Without revealing the identity, was this clown used by the writers of The Simpsons as the inspiration for Krusty the Clown? Yes. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. All right. yep. Yep. I know yep. who we're talking about. By, by the way, I want to segue back for a second. You were talking about Gumby and Pokey. Now, that was some of the early claymation stuff, right? Yes. I saw yes. something... Uh, on 
uh, we had our uh, our TV on uh, one of the channels where it's playing music and it gives you all these facts about stuff. And the movie Nightmare Before Christmas, which was done pretty yes. much in claymation, right. ap- apparently a good week for that movie is if they got 70 seconds <gasps> worth of claymation animation. Right. It takes a long, long time. Wow. And I will tell you that the voice of Jack Skellington has said that uh, he's he's trying to create talk of a sequel being made, and he's the only one talking <laughs> about this. Not Tim Burton, who you need to do this movie. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's a... You can't, that's serious, serious animation yeah. work. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Oh, without question. I thank you to the listeners. 312-773-630-708-847. It was Magic Door. Bless yes. your hearts. You're right. It was the yep. Magic yeah. Door on yep. Sunday mornings. Don't know that one. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, again, as I said at the top of the show, thank goodness. There's two of us. Right. There's a whole team. We can make complete sentences and we can make complete thoughts on this show. But by the way, be, before we take a break, you know, uh, speaking yeah. of, of celebrities you have interviewed, you posted a video that cracked me up. This was an interview you did years ago with um, what? Diane Cannon. Yes. Yes. Yep. And, and you want to explain it? I, I well, wish I, I had. Know, I, it defies I, explanation. In fact, I don't know if they can grab it off of YouTube, but it's Diane Cannon's laugh. I asked her a question about George Hamilton, and she did a cackle that honestly should be a car alarm. It is so <laughs> okay. loud and Andrew, so long. Here, here is your assignment, should you choose to accept it, Andrew. We're going to take a break. During the break, can you do a search for Diane Cannon, Gino Salomon interview? And see if you can find it's this one question that that Gino gives Diane and her cackle yeah. laugh that goes on forever that that you will not be able to get out of your head. Oh, well, good. This is right. a great I thing. I would make a Diane Cannon laugh, not my name on it, because I, I did post <laughs> it, but it's on my Watch Gino TV page. But you have to hear this. I cannot do it, Justin. Uh, have you got it, Andrew? I found it. Okay, okay, I tell you what, we're going to take a break, but when we come back, we will come out of the break. Oh, I'm scared. With with Just buckle up, kids. It's, you're not going to believe it. Stay with us. I understand that you were able to get George Hamilton not to tan. Now, Gina, we're going to play that again in a second. But Gina, you want to, you want to set it up again? That was Diane Cannon, and you were interviewing yeah. her, and you asked oh. her about George Hamilton. That's right about canning, and uh, I did not expect this reaction. And, and you asked her if if she was able to get George Hamilton not to tan. Okay, Andrew, exactly. Hit it again, Andrew. <laughs> That is becoming a, a permanent part of our stash. Oh, my 
my god! Oh, it has to be. Look, <laughs> now I know why Cary Grant took LSD. <laughs> God. Yeah, that explains so much. But she's oh, she's so, so strange because were you she started st- doing that laugh, and it wasn't stopping. And the crew was looking at me, and I was looking at the crew like, "Let's keep going." I don't, I don't know what's happening here. Oh, to be so wow. gorgeous with a hideous laugh! I would ne- if you had played that for me cold, and I didn't know who it was. She is the last, oh. beyond the last person yeah. I would have guessed. Yeah. Andrew's on the other side of the class replaying it over and over again. <laughs> We've lost like Andrew for the rest of the oh show. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that would that a- not be a great car alarm? Yes. Oh, yes <laughs> the thief would run. <laughs> I can't even do it. <laughs> Andrew, you wanted to jump in with something? Oh, Oops, Why am I not hearing Andrew? Oh. So. Okay. Okay. Buttons need to work sometimes better for me, but I said I was going to use this as my morning alarm. <laughs> yes. Oh, that would get you out of bed. Yes. For sure. <laughs> Just to shut it up. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. Oh. And I was a young boy feeling strange stirrings under my utility belt, like Adam West said, when I'd look at Diane Cannon, and that spoiled it. Yeah, that, that ruined everything. Yeah, that took wait, care of that problem. Wait, wait. <laughs> you just said yes. that Adam West said that to you? Yes, he said that when he looked at this woman, he had strange stirrings under his utility belt. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have another Adam West story. I don't know if I ever told you this. Oh, okay. my gosh. So... I get a call from Adam saying, when are you coming to Los Angeles? And I said, I'm actually coming this weekend. He said, I need to talk to you about something. He said, can I, can I come to the hotel and talk to you? I said, sure. So I'm sitting at the bar of the Four Seasons in Los Angeles, and there's Adam West. It's Bruce Wayne. I mean, he looks like him. He sounds like him. And he said, Gino, my son is being bothered by some kids at school. I need you to send a couple of guys there to scare these kids. Oh. And... I'm not kidding. He was completely serious. He saw was having trouble in college, and he thought, well, of course, a guy named Gino should know yeah. he saw and come and scare the kid. Gino knows and, guys. Yeah. Gino's got a guy. Oh, my girl gosh. <laughs> Do I know any Italians? Let's yeah. see. Oh. No, no profiling no, there at all. No, not at all. No, no, no. no, no, no. Golly. Hey, hey Moose. Hey, Moose, hey, Rocco, help the kids your theater out, will you? <laughs> oh, so, oh, my eyes are watering, Gino. <laughs> oh. You know, I think Diane Cannon said it best when she said. <laughs> Don't do it. No, 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 no. I have visions of dogs sitting up looking at their radio going, what? Yes. What? <laughs> oh, golly. So now, last time we talked, we talked about the fact that you're kind of back to normal in that you were going on junkets, right? Or as normal as well, Gino ever gets. <laughs> That's right. I only did two in person at the end of uh, the end of November, early December. I did one today that uh, was virtual. And that's the movie Plane with Gerard Butler and Mike Coulter. Uh Uh-huh. Had you seen the movie? No, Mike Coulter. I I did see the movie. 
I know the name. Refresh no, me. Yes, Mike Coulter did uh, a great comic book series that it was one of the few that I ever actually watched. And this is me stalling to come up with the name of it as I as I look it up. Uh, I'm sorry again. Not my not my waking hour. Uh, <laughs> it, it was a superhero, and Steve, you know all the superheroes. Oh, oh, he, um, oh, oh! Is this the guy that was on Evil, one of the scariest television oh. shows on network TV? No. It's not. Oh, <laughs> no. well, that's my culture. And my internet is moving so. Uh, oh, it's. Again, the audience is screaming. I know what it is. Are, it was Luke Cage. Luke Cage. That was well, it. then that's the same Mike Coulter that yeah. was the lead in Evil, the most terrifying okay. over-the-air television show that we can't see anymore, which is probably a blessing. I, I think it's now on. Uh, it's streaming. It's streaming, somewhere. and we don't watch it because it literally screwed me up every time I watched an episode. I was wow. terrified. Wow. It, it, and this was this was one of those she wanted to watch it every week, and then she would be terrified after we oh, for watched days, it. Days, days. It was just, and ugh. he was wonderful in it. So he's in this new movie with Gerard Butler. Yes. And yes. did you get to talk we to are, him? Yes, I did. I talked to him and Gerard. They were together. And, uh, you know, it's one of those movies that you do not want to fly on a plane after seeing this movie because the plane crashes in a jungle. Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah. And it's a little too realistic. Yeah. I, I, I don't ever want to experience it, but uh, pretty frightening. But if you do... It's just a great popcorn movie. If you, you know, if, if it, it's a great popcorn If it does happen to me, I want Mike Coulter and Gerard Butler on the plane with me when it happens. <laughs> <laughs> you know, look around and go, where's... No. Johnny, what? I want Diane Cannon no! on the plane because they'll find us. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> D- Diane would send out a signal laugh. Oh, bless her heart. No. <laughs> Have you guys watched Wednesday on Netflix? No, we have not. Okay. But I love I love that character. I love the character of Wednesday. Well, it is so well done. Tim Burton is behind it. He's even directing the episodes. It is so good. And this young Jenna Ortega, who plays Wednesday, is just a sensational actress. She's just incredible. Hmm. To be honest with you, we... We don't yes. we don't stream a lot of anything, and we've got a new TV now. <laughs> you know, we got our 1988 floor model. Don't laugh because it was thousands of dollars in 1988, and it was and it, top it, of the it, line. It just gave up the ghost the week before Christmas. So we two three weeks oh, ago wow. tonight. So oh, you're right. Yeah. So this is wow. the anniversary of. Uh, did Johnny did a little bit of searching. We looked at it, and we ordered this TV. It came from New York, so we didn't have to go to the store to get it. It's an OLED. Are you hip to OLED? No. Oh, It, it stands for Organic LED, and trust a, me, we are never going with any other kind of TV again. The color is wow. just extraordinary it's in this thing. It's as thin as a mirror. Yeah. It's so wow. thin. You're yes. fl- you're f- the flat screen TV that you have in your living room it's right fat. now is fat compared to this thing. Yeah. It's very cool. Can you see me right now? <laughs> yes, Gino, we I can. I don't think you like what, you're, what you see. <laughs> are, are you doing a Dick Clark on us? <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you know that story, don't you? 
No. He was naked when we interviewed him. Dick Clark had returned oh, from <laughs> he had returned from an engagement. He he called us right away. We were talking with him and Johnny asked what was he wearing? Well, and of course, because he I would just ask got him. he just got back from this engagement, so he was taking off all his clothes and he said I'm naked, and then he started doing this James Brown thing. I look good. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't. I look so good. Yeah, yeah. All right, I, I will take a naked Dick Clark over what I had to see <laughs> when I was going backstage at the WWE wrestling card where King Kong Bundy, the 450-pound wrestler who was bald, was completely naked. Ooh. I had never seen a human Humpty Dumpty before. <laughs> he was bald round and looked just like he'd fallen off the wall. I'm not kidding. <laughs> and I'm sure you told him that, too. And that's... Now, if he said no, that to him I, while I he was still alive, I don't think he would have survived that encounter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Words this is... failed me. Honestly, it was a sight I've never forgotten, and I wish I could forget it. <laughs> Your eyes were bleeding. <laughs> yeah. Oh, golly. <laughs> Well, oh. Gino, thank you for dropping by and joining us tonight. And thank you for agreeing to My join pleasure. us once a month. And, and yes, bef- before I, we let you go, blatant plug, uh, where can people see you and contact you and all of the ships at sea? I'm on the 9 a.m. news on Fox 6 here in Milwaukee, then a show called Real Milwaukee at 10 a.m. And then I'm on the 4 p.m. news as well. And just on social media, it's Gino Salomon Critic on Facebook. Okay. And uh, isn't uh, your Twitter is what movie Gino? I believe. Yes, movie at movie Gino, right? Okay, G I N O. And what are your plans for the uh, for the upcoming week? Uh, anybody interesting you're going to be seeing? You know what? I have four lined up, and I could not tell you. One is the director of a Bill Russell documentary. Uh, there, there is not a huge name that I can recall at this moment. But again, remember. That before Steve and Johnny, I went to bed at eight thirty at night. So, but and this you is a miracle that I'm still even talking. At and midnight. and you know how to spell your name. That's huge. G E N O, right? G E N O. Gino, we love you. I love talking to you. I love you guys. Thank you. Thank you, Gino. Now go back to sleep <laughs> and try to get that laugh out of your out of your head. Oh. I have never, oh, ever I know. heard a laugh like that. No. <sighs> Should we replace replace no. the, the tone with no. that laugh? No, or? no, no. Okay. no. okay, I'll shut up now. People are shaking their heads and saying, but it's not, not Wednesday. Wednesday. What the, who the, how the, well, this show is a work in progress. Yes, and, and it was uh, Wednesday for many, many years. That we talked about computers, mm-hmm. and we're going to come up with some new computer jingles, but we thought we'd revisit that for, for just a couple minutes. It's a warm fuzzy. Yeah. And uh, if you're wondering what the heck is going on, uh, I'm Steve King, she's Johnny Puppin, and uh this is the first of uh, who knows how many Saturday night shows that we'll wind up doing. Uh, the game plan is uh, for us to be here live with you every Saturday night from 9 p.m. until 2 in the morning. And that will change a little bit with Hawks games like next week. I think for the next two weeks, we don't start till 1030. 10.30 on uh, Saturday nights. And we're introducing you to some of the people who are going to be part of our cast of characters. Now, you're hearing most of the well, some of the people, 
uh, tonight. And they will not be with us every Saturday night, but they will be with us at least once a month. And one of the things we're going to do once a month, at least, is talk computers. And we're going to talk computers with the man who has been the uh, chief of our cyber squad for many, many years. He is the director of educational technology at the Keck School of Medicine. And his name is Patrick Crispin. Hey, Patrick, how you doing, buddy? Woohoo! Welcome back. <laughs> well, thank you. You know, I was just thinking this is Saturday. This was the day that you were supposed to be leaving Chicago to go back to Pasadena. Yeah, we were going to fly out to Chicago, and unfortunately, Southwest said, nope, we're not going to let that happen. Yeah. But you gave up your seats early, right? We did. So we gave up our seats early, and to make it up for Joseph, we took him to Disneyland on Thursday. And it rained. It rained about 20 feet of rain, (laughs) so it was cold and wet and miserable, but he still had a wonderful time. Yeah. Um, And then, of course, one of the benefits of being in Pasadena on New Year's Day, well, in this case, it would be January 2nd, was we got to go outside and watch the Rose Parade because it goes right by where we live. And it didn't rain that day, so that was pretty cool. No. And did, yeah, it was did you cold? But other than that, <laughs> did you see the big honking float from the uh, state, state of, of Illinois? Illinois? The Illinois float was wonderful, and Joseph actually pointed out to the uh, to the bean, which oh. uh, he he wants he wants to see in person the next time we're there. Oh, that's good. <laughs> and you were able to rebook to to finish that story. You're going to come in the summertime and spend a couple of weeks with us in summer because you didn't yep. get to make your Christmas trip, and that gives me an excuse to you know keep a Christmas tree up. Yeah. So we can do Christmas in well, July, right? Yeah. Just just one Christmas tree? I well, mean, come yeah. on, Johnny. I, I expect to see eight. Well, okay, if you insist. Anything for the boy. <laughs> well, there's a, a lot of interesting tech stuff going on, and people can text us or call 312-981-7200, and uh, the, the, the CES was going on this week and some other yeah. things happening. But, Patrick, can we start with a question that a listener brought to my attention because she said the last time you were on the show, you had a two-part question. We ran out of time because that's the way afternoon show is, boom, 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 in and out. And she said, if it's possible, could you get an answer to the question? So the question was, uh, the last time she said, uh, you didn't get a chance to answer any safety differences between using our devices on cellular versus home Wi-Fi. Is it safe to enter our passwords and our credit card numbers on iOS devices which lack firewalls? And I thought, dang, that's a good question. I'm sorry we didn't get to it mm-hmm. last time. I am sorry we couldn't get to that question. I'm going to give you a short answer and long answer. Mm -hmm. The short answer is you don't have to worry about it. The long answer is you absolutely have to worry about it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Gosh. So let me explain what I mean. When we started this show and Wi-Fi was just coming out, you were able to connect through basically wireless connections that were unencrypted. And anybody around would be able to kind of see what you were doing. So you can go to a coffee shop and somebody with an antenna could see your connection. Mm -hmm. And then wireless got better and better. And they started encrypting your connections using wireless encryption protocol, which was not very easy. Or Well, it was not very strong. And then WPA, which is wireless protection, and then WPA2, now we're up to WPA3. 
What that means is when you're connected to a wireless device, so long as you're connected to one that actually has that little padlock on it that requires you to enter a password, you're safe because what ends up happening is your communication is actually encrypted from the second it leaves your device to the wireless router and from the wireless router out to the Internet. Same thing is true with your cell phone. When you connect to the Internet through your cell phone, it actually is really encrypted because it's encrypted using a chip in your car, in your phone, and then the entire signal back to the cell tower, which is a one-to-one you know communication, is also encrypted and then goes on the way. Mm-hmm. The reason why I say you absolutely need to be concerned is none of that is going to protect you if you're doing stupid things. Hmm. If you end up opening up a the most secure browser in the world on a secure cellular network and go to I'm a hacker dot I'm going to steal your credit card information dot crook <laughs> and enter in your personal information. <laughs> they're going to take your personal information. There's nothing you can be you can do to protect yourself from that from being stupid. But as long as you're careful as long as you're making sure that the websites that you visit really are the websites, check the addresses. If you're going to go to Amazon, use the Amazon app and make sure it's actually the real Amazon app and not some app that you downloaded from some unknown app store where they misspell the word Amazon with a letter zero for Amazon <laughs> Yes, to try to steal your information. But as long as you do that, you don't have to worry about it. When we first started the show many, many years ago, you would absolutely have to worry about it. The world's just a better place. Interesting. Uh, Just before we we break, I'm going to ask a really, 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 really dumb question. Oh, I like that. No such thing as a dumb computer question. Uh, We we recently got a new car. Yes. One of the features with that new car is... Both of our cell phones are now synced through that car. As your phone is synced through the car, does that in any way compromise or change what you just said? It could if somebody is able to hack into the car and then from the car to connect to your devices. Mm-hmm. So, I, as long as they're doing over-the-air updates for the software on the car, I think you're going to be okay. But it is technically a point of vulnerability where if somebody gets into the middle of this communication, they could actually have access to your devices. And even if you're using Apple CarPlay, remember, when you open up CarPlay, it says, do you really want to trust this device? Mm-hmm. And when you say yes, you're tr- trusting your car to see your contacts or not, or to see your schedule or not, or to make phone calls for you or not. So, yeah, you do have to be kind of concerned about it. I have not heard of any attacks that through that vector yet. That's not to say it can't happen. Mm-hmm. So back to the original question. The short answer is don't worry about it. The answer is absolutely worry about it. Okay. <laughs> now, now that we've cleared that up, uh, we'll take a break and uh, be back with more. Stay with us at WGN. Last time I checked, uh, my name was Steve King and hers I'm, is... I'm Johnny Putman, and we have a smart computer guy with us online. Yes. He's going to join us once a month and talk about computers and computers. 
Computer News and answer some of your questions. And he is Dr. Patrick Crispin, Director of Educational Technology, Keck School of Medicine of USC. And Patrick, you and I were sharing um, stories today saying, oh, what about this? Should we talk about this? (laughs) And you sent one that really got my attention because you wrote, we really, in capital letters, need to talk about AI, artificial intelligence. You go on to say it's hands down the most important set of events since the start of the Internet. Oh, please. I really, I honestly believe it. I, I was there at the early, early days of the Internet. We started our show in the early days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Back when we had a boss Red who said. 1.0. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the boss who said, why are you talking about computers? No one cares. Nobody cares about computers. <laughs> okay. Well, and Web 1.0 was all sort of company-generated websites, static web pages. Search engines came along, but, I mean, even then, we started with, all of us started using AltaVista, and then we left AltaVista to go to Dogpile. And then Google finally showed up, and we all went to Google and stuck around with Google. While we were on the air, the whole Web 2.0 revolution happened, which was the social media, Facebook, Mm -hmm. and then later on TikTok, and I would say Instagram further than that. Um, TikTok is actually relatively new. Well, here's the thing. I honestly think that the next big thing, and it's the one that really kind of excites me and keeps me up at night, is generative machine learning, what we would call artificial intelligence, incorrectly. And what we've seen in this last Basically, six months are some advances coming out of, right now, a company called OpenAI. This is a company that was created uh, back in 2015 with a billion dollars from a whole bunch of people, including the Facebook mafia, or sorry, the the PayPal mafia. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So, you know, we're talking uh, Peter Thiel and and Elon Musk, Um, Reed Hastings, Amazon Web Services, Y Combinator, all started this. And they really wanted to start creating artificial intelligence or sort of text robots at the time. Microsoft then came in in 2019 and dropped another billion dollars into this thing with the idea that, hey, if anything you develop, we'd like to incorporate this into our new products that are coming out. The reason why this is exciting is, and we were in Chicago when I showed you this, the The first thing that OpenAI opened up for the world, and that was back in the summer, was something called DALL-E2. And DALL-E2 allows you to type in text, and it generates images, pictures, Mm -hmm. based on whatever you type in. I actually had to type in, or I typed in, uh, draw me a picture of what Surratt would paint Wrigley Field to look like. And it looked like a Surratt painting of Wrigley Field. It was really exciting. Um, that's been out for a while. That came out in July. Uh, by the way, you know why it's called Doll E? No. It is a portmanteau of Salvador Dali and Pixar's Wally. Oh, okay. They took the word Salvador Dali and Wally and put together, and it, now it's called D A L L E. It's a combination of those two. Ah. Okay, I, I, I was thinking Salvador Dali, but I didn't know I didn't get <laughs> yeah, the Wally. Wally, but, yeah. Cool. But what came out 
at the end of the year, basically November 30th, and he made it available to everybody, is something called Chat Chat GPT, which is Generative Pre-Trained Transformer. What it does, it's a text box, and you just go type it, give it instructions, and it will write for you. It will create content for you. During the break, I actually had it earlier. Uh, I said, you are a soldier at Valley Valley Forge in 1777. Write a letter home to your mother (gasps) telling her that you are safe but cold. And it wrote a letter that could really pass for something that looked like a soldier had written it. I had it do a cost-benefit analysis recently. It actually did the tables for me. It's really scary and cool because, remember, Microsoft put a billion dollars into this thing so that they can plug it in. The idea is that Microsoft is now going to start plugging in ChatGPT and DALI into, don't laugh, Bing. Bing has been the joke of search engines forever and ever and ever and ever. I don't think it's going to be a joke much longer because you can now go to Bing come later on this this year and create content, new things for you. Say you're going to sit there and say, hey, I need to start a new play or start a new novel. Can you help me write the first couple paragraphs? And it'll create the text for you and help you get over your writer's block or, hey, I need to send a breakup letter to my girlfriend. No. Can you write the breakup letter for me? No. Wow. Um, or, well, wait. Or well, any of those. You're in education. How How is this going to affect, for example, I've got to write a paper. Yeah. What would stop me from sitting down and just asking? Would you write my book report? Yeah. The New York Public Schools has responded to ChatGPT by blocking it on their network. Oh, okay. However, as we said, anybody who has a cell phone or a computer at home, yes. you know, you connect to the internet, it's safe and secure, you can still do it. So it's going to make plagiarism, or, well, not really plagiarism, but yeah. unofficial, unoriginal work very <laughs> difficult to detect. Now, th- so, help, help me at this point. I'm, I'm going to hit the pause button and see if my pea-sized brain kind of understands this. So going back to your Valley Forge example, if I say, okay, write me this uh, th- this novel or, or this letter about Valley Forge, I'm assuming that it kind of uses Google or whatever and goes and grabs everything that there is to know about Valley Forge and then puts that together in letter form, and that would be sort of the concept of how it's working? Am I at all? It, it actually kind of guesses. And that's the thing about ChatGPT, at least ChatGPT version 3.5, is it tries to guess based on all the things that it's seen out on the Internet. And sometimes it guesses spectacularly wrong, but incredibly confidently. And what I mean by that is I had it write something recently about the Steve and Johnny show. Tell me how long Steve and Johnny stayed on WGN radio. I want to read this. (laughs) And it said that you guys were both on the air until 2011 when Steve King 
retired. Johnny Putman stayed on the air until 2013 <laughs> when she also retired. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to hit the like, pause button. Uh, I, I want to come back to this, but I'm going to hit the pause button because the voice in my head is telling me we need to break for the news. So we're going to do that right now. Boy, have we come a long, long way since yes. the pocket calculator days. Remember how excited we were with a pocket calculator when we could spell words? Yeah. You know, ooh, look, you could take the number seven and that's an L. I can spell wow. hell. With a four and a three and a seven seven. Seventy seven thirty four upside down and backwards. He 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 he. How cool is that? Uh, we're, we're talking computer stuff with Patrick Crispin. He is the director of educational technology at the Keck School of Medicine at USC. And we're talking about uh, artificial intelligence. And I think we're split, Patrick. There's an equal number of people who are excited which it appears that you're very excited about artificial intelligence being available to all of us. And then there are people like me that are really creeped out by this. I'm and a little bit worried. I'm kind of in the middle. Are you? It's kind of, it's kind of like the early answer where it's like, you don't have to worry about it. Oh, you absolutely do need to yeah. worry about this. Because Microsoft, as I said, they put a billion dollars into this thing yeah. because they're going to plug this into Microsoft Office. Okay, so it uh, is going to be in Word. It's uh, going to be in Outlook. You just answered a question. A listener said, "Would would we be able to use this in Microsoft Word since they're the ones behind yes. it?" So yes. But what if you don't yes, want it's it coming? If you, you don't, don't want it. Because you're going to use prompts, and you're going to okay. prompt it. It's not going to automatically do it for you. Right, Patrick? Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show my age. Okay. Do you remember Clippy? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. used to have this really helpful clip art. Yes. Oh, good grief, says, yeah. <laughs> it looks like you're trying to write a letter. Yes. And it was terrible and horrible, <laughs> and everybody disabled it. Well, what we're talking about is Clippy that you can say, hey, Clippy, write a five-paragraph essay about the history of rockabilly. And it will write one as good as what you could turn in to a high school class. It's not going to be perfect. Again, this is really just a computer series of computer programs that are trying to mimic what a human would do. Or And so it's based on, I'm going to go look at all the writing that I can see on the Internet and put it all together and come up with something that, you know, resembles human logic and human writing when it gets it right it gets it kind of right when it gets it wrong it gets it really 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 wrong and is confidently wrong when it does it but i think what we need to start thinking of and i remember at the early days of the internet everybody teachers were terrified oh lord everybody can search the internet and then go to wikipedia and just copy and paste the answers and what we did was changed our assignments and kind of made it so that we were creating generative content. Now we have to rethink how we do our assignments. The other thing is, I can honestly see within the next hours, places like Turnitin and all the other plagiarism detection services are going to be rolling out something that will check for how likely is this generated by a human being and how likely is what I'm reading generated by a computer? Oh, that's interesting. There's too. actually a, a computer scientist, a computer science student who over the, over the break wrote a program that he put up online that allows you to copy and paste text. And it will tell you 
what the what his software thinks is the likelihood that a human being wrote it. But I do think it's going to be an opportunity for us to to rethink the way that we do assignments, writing assignments, creative assignments. My pea-sized um, brain ju- I, just just jumped out with something, so I'm going to throw it out. Uh, sure. Would it would it be possible for you to let's assume you're using the new version of Word and this is integrated into the new version of Word? Can you tell it because you know that Maxie's spam site has incorrect information? Could you tell it? Okay, write this thing, but don't take any information from Maxie's spam site. Right now, no, because it's gathering internet from everything on, or gathering information from everything on the internet. There are other artificial intelligence tools. I tried a search engine earlier today that shows you the source of information that uh, that it used to generate the text that it put up on the screen. I'm not going to mention it on the air. I'll, we'll talk about it later. The reason why is uh, once everybody found out about it tonight, it got the hug of death, and nobody can connect to it. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> but I, I do think that this is a really interesting time. And don't forget... Think about how we use the Internet, you, me, everybody else. If we want to go find something on the Internet or we want to find information on the Internet, what most of us normally do is we'll go to Google. And we'll type in a search at Google mm-hmm. for what we're looking for and then come up with a page full of ads. Or <laughs> if you're smart, you'll go to Reddit and search <laughs> Reddit for, for this and get people's comments about it. Imagine something where instead of going to Google – you open up your chat GPT or your artificial intelligence and you communicate directly with it. If I were Google, I'd be terrified right now because Google makes most of its money from advertisements. Mm. That now, and if I'm going to be bypassing Google mm-hmm. and really coming up with an entirely new way of finding information on the internet, creating new information on the internet, this completely disrupts Google's business plans. That said, Google is also in this space. Google will be rolling out probably in the second quarter of this year, so sometime in March. Look for something called Google Palm. This is something called Pathways and Language Model. And unlike ChatGPT, it has about three times more parameters, in other words, sort of rules that it uses to mm-hmm. to create things. It creates text and images and speech. So they're calling it multi-sensory, and wow. they are absolutely going to be building this into a lot of things. So we are at the beginning of really a very new race for new machine-generated content, and we need to figure out how we're going to deal with it. I will tell you a scary thing that will keep you up at night, and I apologize for telling you this. Um, Imagine if I feed it all the information I've collected about Steve King from his troubles on the Internet or travels on the Internet Mm -hmm. or whatever he does on the Internet. So I'm an advertiser, and I know that he likes rockability and whatever. I can go to an artificial intelligence and say, hey, custom create an advertisement for Steve that's going to make him visit my site and buy some. Uh-huh. And specifically target to you based on information known about you. 
we are interest we are entering a very very interesting time but doesn't that happen already because i i get freaked out when i i (laughs) say wait wait how come i'm getting these ads about something i just talked about with someone it's it's close to that but it's going to be even more targeted than that christine and i were in new york for uh, thanksgiving and i remember we were sitting in a pizza place and we were over by uh, by times square and we were talking about the new Michael Jackson mu- musical, and up on her phone in Facebook popped up an ad for the F- Michael Jackson musical, oh. and she was convinced that Facebook was listening to us. And it's like, no, Christine, they're not listening to us. They recognize that you and I are Gen Xers. We are. It knows that we're on in Times Square right now in the Broadway, in, in you know Broadway, um, and realize that hey, people in Gen X. Seems like Michael Jackson. There's a Michael Jackson musical. Let's show this ad to all the people in Times Square who are Gen X on Facebook at this moment. I wish I could but think. Now of, we're, <laughs> the, I, I wish I could think of uh, what it was that Johnny and I had been talking about this past week, and all of a obscure. sudden it it jumped up in the feed on both of our phones and and it was something really obscure yeah. that, that it was very scary n- n- nothing that we'd been even looking at but <laughs> just something that we were musing about so, and all of a sudden this is coming up on our phone you can say it all you want but it's listening to us it is well, it's it's, 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 <laughs> speaking of of intelligence or not uh before we take a break quick uh text question for patrick uh Ionan or, or Kim Reader, this is a reading device for the blind which combines a camera with artificial intelligence. Can that device invade my privacy? It, I don't know enough about the company and how they're selling or, co- or collecting the information that they collect about you. So I will find out offline and, and try to find out a little more about the company. Technically, any sort of website or any sort of tool that you enter information into that information could be used to track you mm-hmm. unless the company or the device or the website specifically says that they're not going to use that information to track you. But again, if you send me the information about it, I can find out a little bit. Okay. Offline. All right. Okay. I would recommend everybody sign up for chat GPT, C H A T space GPT, do a Google search for it. Absolutely free. Play around with it. It's scary. Well, good. Just my idea of a good time after the show tonight. <laughs> so now that we've scared you, um, we're going to pause it. and take a break. Stay with us. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. We're uh, talking computers with uh, Patrick Chrisman. And uh, Patrick, if people want to get to you, uh, how can they do that? Just search for Crispin, C-R-I-S-P-E-N, on all the modern new social media sites, especially Twitter, uh, Instagram, um, and all the other ones. And all the ships at sea. <laughs> Post and Mastodon. Sherry yep. says, how will Dolly filter out propaganda and lies? Also, all of Dolly's... Microsoft. Excuse me, go ahead. Yeah. Microsoft is actually really good at doing this because there, there's an old tweet that came out in 2016 from a guy named Pixelated Boat. <laughs> and the, the tweet was, the whole internet loves milkshake duck, a lovely duck that drinks milkshakes. 
Five seconds later, we regret to inform you the duck is racist. Oh. And the reason why I bring that up is, <laughs> which is true on anything on the internet, um, Microsoft released an artificial intelligence chatbot years ago called Microsoft Tay, T-A-E. Um, and within a few days of it being released, actually a few hours of, become, of it being released, it started, you know, saying that the Holocaust didn't happen and, and, oh, yeah. and spouting a whole bunch of things. It got taken down. Microsoft has learned a lot from that. So the, the company OpenAI, which does DAL-E, which is the image generator in ChatGPT, actually do have very strict rules on what can and cannot be generated. When we were in Chicago and trying to do DAL-E, I had it say, hey, can you make a, a photo of Pac-Man uh, chomping through downtown? And it said, no, you, that violates our terms. We're not going to do that sort of picture. Oh. Um, and it's like, okay, I get it. So they, they really have learned over the last couple of years, they're going to try to tamp down on misinformation. They're going to try to tamp down on racism, sexism. You very likely are not going to see that. And especially, remember, we're in, in, in ChatGPT 3.5 right now. 4.0 is coming soon. There'll be five. It's going to get better and better. So this really is baked into the system, I hope. Wow. I want to get uh, into a story out of Seattle because you're in education. This one is the public school district yes. in Seattle has filed a lawsuit against TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Snapchat, seeking to hold them accountable for the mental health crisis among the youth. And when I read that, I thought, how? And and apparently in this suit, they're blaming them for hooking teens of millions, uh, tens of millions of students across the country into positive feedback loops of excessive use and abuse of, of, of well, you name it. They blame the the social media sites for everything from depression to eating disorders to cyberbullying. What was your take on this story, Patrick? I'm not sure it's going to succeed, but I'm interested in seeing how this goes. Here's the thing. Most of these social media sites, when you are going and entering in your information, you're posting pictures or texts or whatever, um, Audie Cornish actually had a great line for this, and she said that when you're doing that, you're basically doing unpaid data entry for billionaires because they're hmm. going to be selling your information. And why I'm telling you that is all of these social media sites make their money not from you, but from selling your information. Mm -hmm. And if they can get you to stay on the site more and more and more, you can be more engaged with the site. They can serve you more ads. So what they do is, using some code in the back end, they tweak what you see. Facebook, famously, would go and put things that were really offensive or disturbing or just, you know, just because that angered you. And if you were angry, you were going to stay on Facebook a little longer and they would be able to give you more ads. Because you'd see so, this, can you believe this? Blah, blah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Look blah. at this and blah, blah, blah. So when you're looking at your social media feed, you're not looking at something organic. There's something in the background that really truly is sort of juicing what you see so that the billionaires who run these sites, or in case of TikTok, the Chinese government, can make more money. Just be aware of that. 
that has negative consequences. And, and there are some negative consequences from that. I think we all know that social media is a very strong negative influence on a lot of us. And I've seen a lot of our family members torn apart where mm-hmm. we just say, okay, we're not going to talk to you anymore because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sorry, you've gone down this rabbit hole. Yep. Um, I, I do think that there, there's, there's merit to the suit. I don't think you're going to succeed, yeah. but it's interesting to see what they do. And it's going to expose some really interesting conversations about what is going on with the feeds on your site and how they're tracking you and how what you see on those sites isn't exactly organic. It's there to get you to stay longer. Can I go back to the early days of us doing website Wednesday night? And one of the things we said at that time that I think still applies today, and it it could be relevant to this lawsuit, if your kids are of an age that you are concerned about them being influenced by what they will see on the Internet, don't put the computer in their bedroom Put the computer in the living room where you see what they're doing. Now, I understand there are cell phones and everything else, but this this would at least give you some degree of access to what they are consuming, and you could then impart your thoughts on what it is that they're attempting to see. Adults have to get off our phone long enough to see what they're seeing on their laptops. And we have to we have to sit down with our kids and go through social media with them and say, okay, here's what's truly happening here. Here's why this is being shown to you. Mm-hmm. Here's what they're trying to do. Look how when you visit this, this next link comes up. Again, mm-hmm. the reason why is they want to keep you going down the rabbit hole yep. so that they can serve more ads. And I think our kids are smarter than than that. I mean, Facebook really, the reason why Mark Zuckerberg is spending the billions and billions of dollars on the metaverse is he's realizing the kids are not using Instagram the way they used to mm-hmm. a long time ago, and they're certainly not using Facebook. And Mark makes his money from advertisement mm-hmm. from people being engaged. So he has to figure out, okay, what's next? I'm going to bet everything on virtual reality so that I can track you and show you more ads in virtual reality. I think it's a bad bet, but I appreciate him going down that path to try it. Just be aware, the whole meta thing is because Facebook is scared that their advertising model is about to go bye-bye. Wow. Uh, uh, Patrick, we've we got about two minutes. Before we wrap up for this, uh, this segment, uh, if I can get you very quickly to uh, address something we alluded to in our last conversation, uh, the, what for years we used, uh, referred to as the Fab Five, really doesn't uh, compute, no, no pun intended, uh, in 2023. Uh, this was a list of five things we said you should do with your computer every week to make sure your computer is taken care of. Uh, in the uh, minute and a half or so we have remaining, any things you would say people should do on a regular basis to keep their computers clean and happy? I'm going to stick with uh, something that Leah Laporte used to promote, and it's something called 3-2-1 Backup. Every file that matters to you, you need to have three copies of it, you need to have two of them at your home and one of them 
at an off-site location. Hmm. What do I mean by that? You're going to have your original file on your computer. You need to have some sort of external hard drive or a DVD burner if you still are using those. But you need to have a copy of that file at your home. But if your house burns down, you lose all your files. Mm -hmm. So you need to have an online backup. Mosey is a good site. I use Backblaze, but it's something where there is an off-site online backup. So if somebody breaks into your house and they take your computer or there's a flood or the, you know, the, the, the Chicago Cubs win the World Series, uh, <laughs> you, you can then go and know that there is a backup that you can go get. It's perfectly safe. It's perfectly encrypted. No one else can see it. You can actually turn on two-factor authentication. But... I would say three, two, one, three copies of every file, two at your home, one at the original site, you know, the, the hard drive, and one on an external drive. By the way, if you copy from your external drive or from your computer to the hard drive, the external drive, and then delete it from your hard drive, you only have one copy. You oh. have two copies, <laughs> and then one offsite. So three, two, one. Got it. Thank you. Patrick. On that three, two, one, we're out of time. Uh, <laughs> we'll do this again uh, in in a couple weeks. Uh, Thank you, thank you, thank you. Appreciate it, Patrick. Thank you. Have a great day. Thanks. Bye-bye now. Coming up out of the news, a dear old friend, Tommy Emanuel. Stick around. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. This is our inaugural version of our Saturday Night Show, version 2.0. And we wanted to have some special people on the show with us. And one of those people is a guy that we first saw perform in a Nashville club. Right. I don't know how many years ago. Uh, and we just said, huh? Well, who? <laughs> hi, hi, hi. And you were sent a CD by a listener from Australia. Yes. And he sent you a CD and he said, Steve, I know you're a guitarist. I think you need to know this man. You were just listening to him. That's one man, one guitar, and that man is our buddy Tommy Emanuel. Tommy, hello, hello. Hey, Tommy. Happy New Year, you two. How hey. are you doing? Great. It's so <laughs> nice to talk to you, and thank you for joining us tonight. Because I said to Steve, oh. when we agreed to come back to Saturday nights, I said, finally, we get to catch up with Tommy again. <laughs> well, I've, I'm in California, and uh, my daughter Rachel had her eighth birthday yesterday. Oh, yeah. Eight years old. It's eight years old already. It's it's unbelievable. Yes, it is. Hey, uh, you know, uh, the version of uh, Day Tripper that you just played, Mm -hmm. I recorded recorded that in Australia. Right. And and a lot of people thought I had a metronome going (laughs) because they could hear this click, click, click sound. It was actually my foot tapping. I mic'd it up. And I remember one, one of the one of the lessons you taught me that I have never forgotten is every time you play with your guitar, tap your foot, keep the rhythm going. That's it. Yeah. Well, you you know, a musician's job is not just playing music; it's keeping time as well. Well, your career has just absolutely exploded for uh, anybody who who doesn't know. Uh, Tommy's been nominated for uh, two Grammys. He's an internationally known guitarist. It, he is the best guitar player you will ever see. You need to uh, put one of Tommy's dates on your schedule. And speaking of that, you are about to start a new tour on the 11th of this month. I am. am I right? 
Yeah, that's uh, next Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, the, the first show is in Lexington, Kentucky. And then we go to the Tennessee Theater in Knoxville. It's a beautiful place. And uh, and then uh, Germantown over near uh, Memphis. Mm-hmm. And then we, we head on down to uh, New Orleans and Ruston, uh, Tallahassee, and then back up to uh, um, Birmingham, Alabama, and uh, Huntsville. Is it true you're going to Iceland this year? Yeah, I'm. I'm holding. Uh, I'm putting on the uh, the first ever guitar camp. Oh, in, uh, Iceland? in Iceland! Wow! In Iceland, yeah. People are going to come from all over the world, and um, you know they they're going to be amazed not only at uh, what goes on at the camp, but but at the place we're at and mm-hmm. and the sites and the the uh, the um, uh, exploration that's going to go on as well, and I had some wonderful guests on that on that camp. People who are going to teach um, Martin Taylor, Jerry Douglas, Mike oh Dawes. Yeah, it's it's going to be a great camp. Yeah, and uh, so it'll be about 150 students for four days, mm-hmm. and. Uh, the, the next camp will be in September, and it will be in Nashville. Very successful camp, too, in Nashville. You, you seem like love, you, you're, you're at a very happy point of your life. It seems like you're just having a ball, and, and you're spending more time doing a lot more camps and uh, getting involved with a lot of younger guitarists. Uh, do you kind of yeah. feed off that, too? Does, it, does that kind of reinvigorate oh, you? Mm-hmm. Well, um, lately, I mean, I, I, I've got I've got quite a few new songs that uh, have taken me a while to write. My writing process is not the same as it used to be. I used to write a song, or you know, every couple of days. But um, this, the last song I wrote, um, I think I did it in like three three goes at finishing it and uh i've never worked like that before but it really worked well because um i was able to come up with something better uh each time i came back to it i was able to build build on the idea um but um you know having having young uh, uh support acts and guys that that I really like as players and who are really different to me uh it, it's it's great to be around them mm-hmm. it's great to play with them but it, it's also great for the people who come to the show because we're we're so different and they they all bring something very different to the night you know mhm we're talking with Tommy Emanuel. Tommy, we have to take a quick break, and we're going to come right back with you. And for people who yeah. are listening to us around the country, in fact, you can catch Tommy at some of these U.S. spots, and you can find him at TommyEmanuel.com and find out if he's going to be in your neck of the woods or get yourself down to Lexington or get yourself to Germantown or wherever to see him in concert. And we'll be posting a link to all, all of, of Tommy's that. schedule. So uh, stick around. We'll tell you where you can find that. That's the extraordinary Tommy Emanuel and a couple friends. That's one of my favorite cuts, Tommy. 
And, and it was at my camp in Cuba. Um, we were down in Havana, and Frank and Vinny were, were my guest teachers. Mm-hmm. And we, we did a day where we brought all the students into Abdallah Studios, where um, uh, it was the old RCA studio down there. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, uh, Buena Vista Social Club uh, original band and album was recorded down there. And so we, we had all the students in the big orchestral room and we, we did a couple of lessons and then, then, uh, we, we had my, <coughs> my sound guy come out and set up microphones and we, 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 uh, we got all the students to, to sit and, and we said, okay, now the lesson is we're going to take a song and arrange it for three guitars from scratch. <laughs> and, uh, and, and then we're going to record it. And so we chose Jangology, and Frank and Vinny already had the melody worked up and everything. So I had to learn it, <laughs> and, and I had to learn, uh, I had to work out what part I was going to play. And then, and then we uh, slowly put it together, and we did all this in front of the students, and then and then um, we did a take of it. We actually played it live, and what you just played is that recording. The finished product. Of us playing it live. Wow. And, yeah. and that, that's, it's one of those things that I listen to it, and I love the fact that you can just hear the spontaneous interaction with the three of you, and it's, uh, it's just one of my favorite recordings. By the way, I yeah. want to ask you about something that I saw just this past week. Uh, mm-hmm. our, our mutual friend Gina put up a video. You were on the stage of the Ryman early in the morning, and I believe you were recording a show that is it going to be a tribute to Chet Atkins, or what is that? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a television special that's put together by the Ryman and uh, the Country Music Hall of Fame. And it's in recognition of of uh, Chet and uh, his life, his influence, and there's a lot of different people. And there's also a, an album to go with it. And I've already recorded um, Mr. Guitar, mm-hmm. my song Mr. Guitar, um, and um, uh, uh, Gareth Pearson, the uh, the Welsh Tornado, mm-hmm. uh, and I ha- uh, have re-recorded. Uh, Borsellino that I did with Chet all those mm-hmm. years ago and that's what we were re- recording we were on the stage of the Ryman with a camera crew and, and we were playing live and um, they filmed us it was early in the morning it was like 7am in <laughs> the morning because we, we had to get in there and get set up and start filming because at 9am they open it to the public and oh. people come Right. through and do tours yeah. so we you know i was up at four thirty that morning <laughs> warming up your guitar right well get, getting in there and getting a uh-huh. park and getting my gear in and all that yeah well tommy uh, for people who have not heard our previous conversations would you take just a bit uh, of time and talk about chet in your life because you came from australia 
to see yeah. Chet Atkins, right? That was your goal, was to see I him. I did. Well, uh, absolutely. When I first heard him, um, I was totally amazed and inspired by, you know, how good his record sounded, how brilliant his playing was, but how interesting his arrangements were and stuff. And, and so... Um, I just kind of worked it out myself, and uh, I ended up writing a letter to him, and he invited me to come to Nashville to meet him and um, gave me his office number and everything. And I, I worked like a slave and saved every penny until I could afford that flight. Mm-hmm. And um, I got to Nashville... Uh, in 1980 to to meet my hero mm-hmm. and um, I rang the office and and he answered and uh, and he said where are you and I said I'm just down the road at the Holiday Inn you know and he <laughs> said well come on down I'll see you now you know mm-hmm. so I I uh, turned up at the office uh, pretty pretty nervous and <laughs> you know and uh Wondering what was going to happen, and you know, hoping that uh, that uh, I wouldn't disappoint him, you know, mm-hmm. with my playing. And uh, he come down and said, "Do you want to pick a little?" And so I, uh, I, I launched into me and Bobby McGee, and uh, and he joined in. And what he did that very first time, I'll never forget it. He made me sound real good. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's that's what he did. Yeah, he he knew exactly. I learned so much from him about playing with another player. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, wow. You and know, it, I could talk all night about him. Yes. And in case uh, it's not in your record collection, you need to get a copy of The Day Finger Pickers Took Over the World, which is the last right. new album that Chet Atkins did, and it is Chet Atkins and Tommy Emanuel. And Tommy, you you really produced that album, didn't you? Yeah. Well, I took over the project for him because uh, he he was not well. Uh, at that time, he'd had an operation, and he was trying to get over it. He had cancer, and um, and and so I just kind of took over the project and and uh, did all the, the, the drums and the bass and, and all the rhythm parts and got it all set up. And then uh, he, he came in and and we recorded the stuff together, and um, and then the stuff that we couldn't get finished. Um, I I basically mapped it out for him, and then I had to fly back to Australia for a tour. And so, kind of when he was feeling well, he he went in and played, and he did a great job. Oh, it's wonderful. Yeah, and and, and if you sure ever get is. the chance to uh, to take a look at the video, look up uh, Tommy and Les Paul. And their version of Blue Moon, which is just, uh, Uh, it it was wonderful (laughs) seeing you and Les work together and how you, I love the story that you tell about uh, when you played with Les and you you were kind of holding back and he got mad at you for holding back, (laughs) Don't hold back. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He said, uh, yeah, I was being very reserved and very respectful and, and I played a couple of tunes and got the band involved and 
you know, uh, engaged Les in, in the songs. And then and then I made my exit, you know, and <laughs> when he finished that first show, he came into the dressing room and he said, I know what you're doing. You think I'm old and blah, blah, blah. Don't you ever hold back on stage. And he was like shouting at me and... And uh, he said, "When I uh, when I call you out there, you give it hell. You give it everything you got." I said, "All right, Les, I will." <laughs> so I, uh, when he introduced me for the second show, I I came running out and I burst straight into classical gas, and the crowd just lit up. And anyway, I hosed them out, and uh, <laughs> they they threw. They all jumped to their feet and threw babies in the air. And, and, uh, and uh, at the end of the song, uh, you know, he says, oh, he waits till I'm old to come and beat me up. You know? oh, he that's totally great. got me. Yeah, yeah, so good. And Tell the funny, funny thing was, Chet, Chet had said to me, you don't want to go and play with Les. He'll... He'll humiliate you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and their relationship was priceless. Yeah. I, I could listen to Les telling stories about Chet of, forever because they were they were quite different. I mean, they were both so wonderful, oh, totally. but their personalities were. were so different. Well, Tommy, oh, absolutely, like. It's always a joy to catch up with you. And before we let you go, we're oh, getting uh, people. People are wondering uh, when are you next going to be in the Chicago area? Do you have anything in the immediate uh, Chicago yeah, area? Uh, I'll be at I'll be at the uh, Park West this year. Oh, um, I I don't have the dates in front of me, but I, I know that I will be at the Park West. Uh, it, it may be October. Awesome. Okay. What, and, what, I, yeah. if, if we are be, here, if we are here at the same time you are, can we maybe get you in studio with us again? Oh, that would be wonderful. Oh, I would love it. Well, people can catch up with you next in Lexington, Kentucky. I had a, a text from a listener who said, "But where in Lexington? That would be at the Opera Opera House. I almost called it the oh. Opry House." The Opera House. Uh, the Opera House. Yes. Yeah. And you can follow Tommy at TommyEmmanuel.com, and we have a link on our page, so you could link right to Tommy. All right. Well, thank you, Tommy, so well, much. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that, that you guys are back on, on Saturday night. God bless you. and That's great. Thank you. Tommy, it's wonderful to talk to you. We love you, and hopefully we'll you see too, you too. soon. Thanks, Tommy. Take care, my friend. That's the the one and only Tommy Emanuel, and he. If you, the best recommendation I can give you, if you've never seen Tommy, it doesn't matter. Go. It, it's one of the best yes. con- con- concerts you will ever see in your life. We took a cardiologist friend along, and he said, "I wish I could take my patients to see him because what he does for your heart rate is so healthy." <laughs> I mean, he was serious. Yeah. He said, "I cannot believe. I feel like I have been." On the the uh, the exercise cycle, and he just kept going on and on. He was just, <laughs> and we were right in the front row, and he just yep. he was wild about him. You see him one time, you're a fan, absolutely. We got a break. More coming up. Stay with us at WGN. No, I don't believe we're down to the final twenty five minutes of the show. We came into the the show tonight with so much stuff <laughs> planned. And we thought, okay, we're going to need this for a five-hour show. And here even though we, are, we did five and six hours forever, yeah. 
you know, it's kind of hard to get back into the rhythm of things. And wow, you just said to me at one thirty, am I the only one that feels like this is just, and I said to you, my seat's not even warm. I feel like I just yeah. sat down here. <laughs> this has been, uh, well, thank you for hanging out with us. Yeah. Uh, and we should mention again for anybody who's new to what's going on, uh, we're going to be here every Saturday night mm-hmm. forever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because we need something to do on Saturday yeah. nights. Uh, from 9 at night till 2 in the morning, unless, as in the case next week and the following week, we're preempted by some Blackhawks hockey. Mm-hmm. Next week we start at 10.30, and the following week we start at 10.30. And some of the people we've been introducing you to tonight will be joining us uh, once a month. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've got some other people we'll be introducing you to and uh, some new things we're going to be adding to the the mix. But uh, In fact, we have a new feature coming up this morning Yes, that we will wrap the show up with. But more mm-hmm. details on that coming your way, including prizes. But we were playing Taking Care of Business, and we used to do what we called the Unfinished Business mm-hmm. segment, where we kind of... Uh, got to some of the stuff we didn't get to and yeah there's stuff we didn't get to tonight and doing a show once a week means we really need to have the segment because you know before we would come back the next night and say last night something was brought up on the show and we need to answer this question and the text line has been incredibly busy tonight and thank you for all your text i try to answer your text messages too at 312-981-7200 but there are a couple things i wanted to get back to and, and thank you to the listener who said that listening to us tonight was like putting on a pair of comfy slippers. <laughs> what a sweet thing to say. I've never been called a comfy slipper before, but no, I, I think it kind of like works. It. It, and okay. then the listener who went to bed at night. But wait a minute. Which one of us is the right foot? Which one of us is the left foot? <laughs> I think we're both left feet. <laughs> You're probably right. <laughs> then there was a listener who went to bed at nine o'clock tonight so it would feel like the old days because she was always listening to us when she was in bed because for many years we were on the air at 11 o'clock until yeah. five thirty in the morning and then it became 12 o'clock until six in the morning so it was always overnight hours and a lot of people were in fact in bed heard from some listeners this morning that said that they were raised as babies being walked by their mothers while they were listening to our show. Suddenly the conversation turns I know, ugly. I know. But how often did we hear from moms who are up walking their babies saying, thank goodness you're out there oh, alive, keeping me awake. Th- and I will never forget the call. I believe it was on a Sunday night we had a call. No, it was as we were uh, doing a New Year's Eve show. Mm-hmm. And there was a woman who was very, very pregnant. Oh, yes. And... She wanted to know what was the kind of pizza that would induce the pregnancy. Yes, because she wanted to have the baby before the end of the year. Yeah, for because, tax deductions. For tax deductions, exactly. <laughs> yes. Uh, a listener from a 773 area code says, I am so glad you're back on on Saturday nights. I have such wonderful memories of my dear, sweet, now-departed mother who listened to you and thought of you as though you were family. And boy, don't we? We've we've yeah. heard that from a lot of people. Say, yeah. and thank you. We yes. have the the best extended family on the planet. Please, if you would tell the story of how you met to refresh my memory. Uh, 
my mother was always so happy that you found one another. Well, so were we. Uh, and we briefly told this story with Lisa on Friday yeah. afternoon about how we were working at another radio station right down the street. Well, actually, at that time, the, w- the way we met, uh, I was living in Bolingbrook, working at WIND. Johnny was living in Aurora, working at uh, WMRO and WAUR. And as I'd be driving back and forth, I would hear this this fee person doing talk on the AM and music on the FM. And one night I was coming in to do the overnight show, and Clark Weber, yes, that Clark Weber, was on before me. He had a uh, conversation going on about uh, people who lived uh, were living their dreams professionally, and he had an actor on that I had worked with at Columbia College, and so I called. I used that as an excuse to call and and speak to the actor that I had actually made a film with at Columbia College. And in the course of the conversation, Clark said, and what do you do for a living? And I said, well, I'm in radio. You are? Well, what would tell us more? And so I did. And you were listening as you were driving into work. And when I got into the station, uh, I came into to Clark and I said, uh, do you remember that one call? And he remembered the call. I said, well, uh, I hear her as I'm driving back and forth and she does talk and she does music, and she's really good. Now, I had not met Johnny at no. that point, but there happened to be an opening at that time. So Clark and I both went in and <laughs> talked with the program director, who then gave you a call. And said, we'd like to hire you for weekends. And I said, great, I'll give him a two-week notice. And she said, no, 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 you don't need to give up your job. Uh, we're talking weekends. And I said, uh, no, really, I need to give up this job. I'm working six days a week. I'm on the air eight hours a day. I think I need to go to weekends because guess what? You're paying me more on weekends than I was making six days a week. Mm-hmm. So that was my big entree into Chicago radio. But it was uh, it was a, a fair amount of time before you oh, and I actually yeah, met. Yeah, because I did your show for months. Uh, every time you went on vacation, and uh, I was doing quite a bit of, of fill-in work there. It kept me very busy, uh, aside from just doing my weekend show. And then they decided that they would throw us together for promotions. So we would take listeners to Blackhawks games, because we were the Blackhawks mm-hmm. station at that time. And then we would take them to, oh, um, what was the... Oh, the, the inn, uh, Como Inn. Como Inn, yes. Yes. And that was one of our sponsors, so we would take listeners there for dinner. And so they, they just kept throwing us together and finally said, okay, uncle. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, adding to the corny part of this Hallmark movie, uh, my first day on WGN was on Christmas Eve of 1984, filling in for Bob Collins. Johnny joined me on Valentine's Day of 1985 and the first show that we did here together as a regular show was a saturday Saturday night night show yep and loved it too because much like what we plan on doing here we could do showbiz we could just kind of decompress from the work week but we also want you to know if as we did for years with our overnight show if there is some major breaking news thing Right. You don't need to go anyplace else. You're going to hear about it right here. Right. And if we need to uh, uh, to segue in that direction, that's what we're going to do. 
Absolutely. And so now you know, as Paul Harvey used to say, the the rest rest of of the the story. story. One more question as we tie up some loose ends here. A listener said, what if I can't stay up until 2 o'clock in the morning? How will I be able to hear what happens after midnight? Andrew, how will they be able to hear what happens after midnight? Well, around... The end of the show, too. Uh, by 2.33 a.m., I'll have that uh, posted on the WGN Radio website. Awesome. So just go to the Steve and Johnny page on the WGN Radio website, and, and you will find whatever it is that we did tonight. <laughs> yes. We're going to have to go back and listen to it and, and you, figure what, out what the heck it what was. What does the B stand for in your name? Uh, Benjamin. Benjamin. Ooh. A, so you're A.B. Harris. Yes, ma'am. No. What does that sound like a lawyer? It does. Sounds like a law firm. A.B. <laughs> Harris. I usually sign my name Andrew B. Harris because there's so many Andrew Harrises. I have a very generic name, so it all, the B helps. Well, you're far from generic. It has been a real pleasure working with you tonight. Appreciate you. Because coming in here, we both said, you know, I'm a little little skittish. You know, we've been filling in. We've been doing different day parts, but it's different when you sit down. In fact, at, at one point, uh, I ran into Gabe in the hall, and he said, so how's it going? And I said surprisingly fun because we both came into we we approached this uh as long as we've been doing it we still get a a kind of adrenaline rush and especially this was a a new version of what we've been doing and uh we we weren't sure what to expect and and, it's quiet it's quiet it's really quiet and we've been working during the day and you come in here and it's like Every, every corner you turn down, there's somebody else. And so you're kind of feeding off all this energy. And we walked in and went, it's dark in the halls. And it's mm-hmm. quiet. And it doesn't matter if I run into the men's room, even though there are only <laughs> men here. But I have a problem with this place. I keep going to the men's room. I know. <laughs> and then as soon as I, I open the door, I go, oh, and I back out. I don't, you'd think after the third or fourth time i did that i would think twice before i ran into the men's room again but it doesn't matter on the weekend on that note before we break uh we're gonna wrap up the show each week with uh well this about the time you know if you're in the the clubs this is the time for last call yes so we're gonna take the last call 312-981-7200 and that won't be a text. This is the last call. Remember when you were in a bar or you were in a restaurant and they had a two o'clock closing time and the lights would flicker. No, oh, the lights are coming on. Oh, I'm going to melt because that was the last call. Finish up what you're having right now. Get your coat. You need to get out of here because we want to count our money and we want to go home. Well, nowadays, last call isn't until the DJ stops playing. Okay. Well, there's that. <laughs> but Andrew's going to be taking the call. So uh, the last call, if you want to be the last call, yes. 312-981-7200. And our last call is going to receive a little package of goodies from us. Actually, mm-hmm. I'm tickled because... Um, well, anyway, we'll tell you more about that. But we have a little something for you from our prize closet. We actually have a prize closet, yes, too. Yes. yes. And we can uh, give things away. And we decided we would do that for the last call. So if you want to be, and you say, well, I don't know what to say. Doesn't matter. That's the whole idea. Yeah. It's the last call. We're just going to wrap up the show. We're going to just kind of Just don't try to drop any (laughs) F-bombs. That's right. (laughs) We're on a delay. We know how to take care of that. But uh, 312-981-7200, if you want to win some goodies and and be the last call, uh, uh, we'll find out what happens after we take a break. Yeah, it's about that time for the last (laughs) Last call. call. 
And, and by the way, for those of you who are familiar with that particular song, <laughs> yeah, we know where it goes from there. And, and no, it ain't going to go that way no, on the no. air. <laughs> but, but we love it. So my days as a cocktail waitress, oh, we'd live for the last call. When they flick that light, you just knew you looked. You really didn't look very good because you were, were working hard all night long, but you were happy to see that light come on because that meant finally you could count your money, you could clean up your station, and you could take your tired dogs to the car. That's interesting. because, And I don't know that we've ever talked about this. Cause, so that was your attitude when it was last call. When I was playing in a band, if we were playing in a bar, last call we all got a little bit tense on the stage because hopefully it's going to be the last call. Everybody would leave, mm-hmm. be a good night. Or was a fight going to break out? <laughs> it was just for some reason, you've been looking at my girl all night long. And, and this blah, is blah, it. Blah, 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 and this is it. So we always kind of stayed on the stage. Really? Let's stay out of the line of fire of glasses <laughs> or anything. They're going to be going back and forth. So, well. So, <laughs> I obviously worked at different bars than you did. Uh, Last call, we thought we would do a little something where we would invite the last caller of the night, kind of set the tone for the rest of the weekend. Feel no pressure. And set the the tone for our drive home. Yes, but feel no pressure. And then we would reward you for stopping by here and for being with us through the evening and then becoming our last call. And I believe our last call is, in fact, a gentleman named Harry. How are you, Harry? Hey, Harry. Hi, uh, I, I used to call in on, uh, when you guys used to do movie trivia, and I probably probably won several pizzas and oh my uh, the, I forgot the name of the bread, but the bread you used to send out and oh the Corsica I, loaf, I, I, no Rubschlager, Rubschlager, yes, yes. Bread. you're right. Yes. It was a little loaf of Rubschlager rye bread, and I think you got a jar of mustard or something that came with it. And all you had to do all was kinds add of stuff, yeah, yeah, add the corned yeah. beef, right, right. Well, thank yeah. you for I, listening I, I tonight. Just, I, I'm so happy that you guys are are have come back at least a little bit because you don't sound any different than you did back in the day when I mean this was when you guys had your long run you yeah. guys sound just the same as you did back then. We still sound that bad? <laughs> Darn. Well, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. I'm the keeper of the prizes now. Be good, Harry. <laughs> no, I I'm I'm definitely all positive about it. I'm I'm happy Thank that uh, I'm happy to hear your voices. Well, Harry, I um, I have I was, to ask you, what are you doing up at this hour of the night? I'm I'm a terminal night owl and uh, actually the last week or and a half or so I've been whoops, sorry about that. Uh, the last week and a half or so, I've been kind of fighting insomnia anyway, so um, I, I tend to be up this late, usually. Do, do you do what I do? Because a lot of people have asked, since we stopped doing full-time radio, a lot of people have said, well, have you recycled? And Johnny pretty much has. But our norm is, we'll you know, try to crash maybe about uh, midnight, 2 in the morning or something. Johnny will sleep all night through. If I'm lucky, I will sleep for about an hour and a half, then I'm wide awake and i might as well get up and work on the computer or play guitar or do whatever i'm doing and then about seven in the morning i crash as johnny is getting up yeah. and that's just my body's way of saying welcome to your world <laughs> uh it's, it's not quite that bad for me but i i i uh i do tend to wake up at some point during the night and usually i can't get right back to sleep so i'll do something and then eventually get back to sleep but um 
I've just always been a night owl. So it, it's just, I always just feel more comfortable. I don't, yeah. I don't know what it is. And I think we're born that way because when I was a kid, I literally would walk, walk in the dark to school and stand outside at 7, 7.30 in the morning and wait for a teacher to show up so that I could go in the building because I got up at 5, 5.30. And at 5 or 5.30, wow. I was probably, if I was lucky, just going to sleep because <laughs> I'd had the radio on all night long and I didn't want to. It, it was like an hour and a half later I had to get up and go to school. And at South Shore High School, in winter, our first course was gym and swimming. Oh, ouch. No, thank you. you Did you have to swim nude? (laughs) Yeah, sadly. Chicago Public Schools did that. You know, just to to make an aside on that, Mm -hmm. I went to Park High School, Mm -hmm. OPRS, and um, they don't do this anymore from what I've heard, but uh, what we used to do is we used to have trunks that they gave us that they would wash every period, I guess, or whatever, (laughs) but... Then, then at the end of the the swim, though, you take off your trunks and you walk around the pool. <laughs> what? <laughs> it, it was a very weird thing. Yes. Um, I, I don't know if it hit, if there was other things going on with the staff. But <laughs> what were you, know. you do, other than walking around the pool? Was there a purpose to this? <laughs> uh, were you singing no, or just, chanting? It, or? Well, I mean, it was basically just you know, take get out of the pool, take off your trunks, and, and hand just them to me on your walk way. Walk around, door, and dry off, and you know, not it kind of. I mean, to a certain extent. I mean, not that we were making laps, but yeah. we were, you know, it was it was a walk that you had to make, and it was like, well, what's the deal with this? Yeah, you know, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Well, it never made but, any sense to me. In fact, we girls would complain because we would have to shower before we we would go swimming. We said we have to, right. and, and the teacher would come by and check to see if you were soaping your body. Now, I just took a shower at home, not going to go and shower, but then we learned very right. quickly, do not complain because the boys are going on natural. Yeah. It's a completely different <laughs> world over there. And, and then we found out that the girls were peeking into the guy's <laughs> gym. Well, Wait we, a minute! We just wanted to be I sure. <laughs> All right, guess what? Harry, you are getting yeah. your very own WGN Radio Retro t-shirt it's a Great. t-shirt with the logo on the front they're very cool designed by steve bertrand somebody in steve bertrand's family designed the logo oh wow but it's very cool because it harkens back to the early days of wgn and it's a great t-shirt you're also getting a desktop weather station from american weather makers heating cooling and plumbing the 60 minute man and i just heard from somebody this uh, evening that said if you're lucky you're going to get the desktop weather makers to give away and i had to It's in our prize closet. (laughs) So thank you. I've often heard about those. Well, you will get your very own for your desk. And Harry, thank you for listening through the years. We really appreciate it. I appreciate you guys. Thanks. Hold on for a second. We'll get some information from you off the air. And And then to the listener who says, in 30 minutes, everyone in our house will be PWP. Well, give us about... 40 minutes and everybody in our house will be pwps right (laughs) yeah (laughs) because we are not doing that there's a theme here isn't there the 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 naked swimmers and people without pants and i think maybe we better close up shop
And theoretically, we'll be back next week, <laughs> unless management decides otherwise. Uh, but but this has been fun, and, and we have to very seriously thank uh, everybody else who uh, who made this possible. Ron Brown and Gabe uh, Salgado and uh, Andrew Harris and Dan Long, uh, the assembled multitude that, that helps us do whatever the heck this is we're doing. And uh, if you want to get to us, you can... Uh, Go to steveandjohnny.com, S-T-E-V-E-A-N-D-J-O-H-N-N-I-E.com. You can also, some people were asking about our blog, and we'd love it if you would subscribe to our blog. It doesn't cost you anything. Just go to steveandjohnny.wordpress.com. And we don't spam you. You'll just get a notification anytime we do a new blog post. You get an email. And our and speaking face- of email, mm. if you do email us, if you text us or whatever on these sites, it's us. We don't have people that answer you, so we will actually answer you. So just be patient with us. And let me take this full circle because one of our listeners started our show tonight, John Herbach. Yes, John, thank you so yeah. much. He did that neat little uh, intro that we had on the show tonight, and he sent it to us. And uh well, I think he just did that today and sent it to us. So thank yeah. you, John. So thank you, thank you. Uh, and somebody wants to know about our Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash Steve and Johnny Show. And uh, we'll be posting some other pictures and some things up there. And we would like it if you'd like that mm-hmm. because that would be a good thing. And be back here next Saturday night, and it will be after the Blackhawks game around 1030 on Saturday night. So, again, thanks for hanging out with us, and uh, we're out of here. News is next.